Hello everyone, this is Caleb GM. Quick word before our show today. I just wanted to make you guys aware of some special guests on our other show, Pathfinder Academy. You may recognize the name from the ads we run in each episode. It's a podcast about how to play Pathfinder, the game system we use in Trailblazers. We recently ended our 200 series all about GMing the game with an episode entitled Pathfinder 211 Storytelling Tips. We had a guest on, Andrew from Tales of the Lich, previously softly speaking Sanskrit. Again, I'm sure you've heard their ads in our episodes. You may know him from other episodes he guested on, like our extra credit episode on character creation and our 5,000 celebration episode, two of my favorite episodes we've ever recorded. We're also having two special guests on, an episode all about dice and figures and other accoutrements that tabletop RPGs use. And that turned out to be a great episode, so I encourage you to give it a listen as soon as it becomes available. Last time on Trailblazers, David was struggling with how to address all the problems facing his people. The plague broke out in his lands. A group of vampires and lycanthropes began marching to the north, killing anything they came across. And of course, his unending problems with Kaiser Soze. David was able to commune with Oroku Saki's past and got guidance. With his newfound clarity, David went to Valerian and revealed himself as David Cohen and filled Valerian in on everything. Valerian told David to get some rest, and in the morning, Valerian would answer all of David's questions regarding the things attacking David from his world. Will David's revelation to Valerian end up being a good decision, or will it cause unforeseen consequences? What could Valerian be about to reveal to David? Find out this week on Trailblazers! So he let you to, uh, let you go to uh, go to sleep. Is there anything you two want to talk about uh, before you, you know, go to sleep and wake up and meet with Valerian in the morning? Yeah, what Valerian said to you in that awesome, super duper private conversation? It didn't. It, um, <laughs> it didn't really have to be a private conversation because it was nothing important. He basically was just telling me uh, what we kind of already knew that he was sort of creating all the problems we were having. So that we would reach out to him for help. That was kind of his plan. So I man, that's all he told me while we were alone. The man is a war criminal. But okay, I'll look, I'll look just, over it that just, over. It just illuminates further his way of thinking. Yeah. That, uh, again, he's not necessarily a bad guy, but he will absolutely do bad things <laughs> if he thinks that in the end it'll serve the good. good. Like biological warfare. He's a, he's a true politician. He yes. believes in collateral damage and acceptable losses, and if he thinks he's doing something good, he'll 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 get to that end no matter what. So we have to remember that he's a little bit ruthless. Mm-hmm. He basically sent a plague into the into Antioch just to get us to ha- ask him to help us, which is pretty ruthless. And then kind of blamed me, <laughs> like as if I'd revealed myself, like it was my fault that he used biological warfare to do that. But that's what. Mm. He's never going to say it was just the wrong thing to do, period. Gotcha. So now we know. It's kind of a... I, I hadn't seen Val in a while, so it's kind of a good reminder of what we're dealing with here. This guy mm-hmm. is ruthless. Tread carefully. And I would definitely say, you know, if you see or hear anything you don't like, just we'll talk in private. Don't, don't say things in front of him that would uh, send his mind spinning. Indeed. Because he will... That, the other thing we learned from this, he acts hastily he doesn't sleep on it so he was kind of like dave's not here okay plague it wasn't like a week later it was like a day later that's pretty much what he told me was that it was my fault that he was trying to kill everybody and he sent, he did send the horde but he kind of uh, manipulated that situation that horde that was coming across he manipulated that but the good the good news is he said he's gonna um at least help rectify the situation <laughs> which by the way caleb i have to send a messenger with that to tacitar Okay, what's your message? Uh, met with the Emperor, 
peace has been made, at least temporarily. He will be sending aid for the plague issue and for the horde. So if you see, uh, don't, don't view the emperor, uh, imperial presence as a threat right now. He's, coming to, he's sending people to help. Okay, are you going to send this with your teleportation wizard? If you do, you can't teleport the rest of the day. No, because I assume he's not teleporting the help, so they have about equal time. You know, they're not going to show up before the you message. Send, you send a runner. Especially since I assume one runner moves faster than, an, like, a militia or whatever. Okay. Does anyone else smell Pompey coming to the aid of Judea? No, that's what he, he flat out said. That's the idea. But we need his help either way. So what he's going to do is going to march, like, 50 clockwork into town. And we're going to have to deal with it later, but we need the help no matter what. So it's not like I could say, no, we're not going to let your clockworks in. You know, he's going to do what he's going to do. We'll have to figure another way around it. Indeed. Or turn on Antioch and rejoin up with the Empire. Well, you will be rejoining. Your associate get, is not rejoining. I'll get Tharn in. <laughs> Anything else? Your lack of faith. I find your lack of faith <laughs> disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Enough. All right. Then you go to sleep and you wake up. By the way, Thorn, you you would like note that you guys are not like you. You're put up in the in the palace, but it's not like accommodations for a king. It seems pretty like I wouldn't call it what every any layman would be put in in in, in an old house. It's better than that, but it's not especially fancy. Well, I don't. I don't think that doesn't shock me. Well, I'm telling Thorne since he's never been in this place. Oh, okay. I, I think lift I... up. I lift up the pillow like this. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Thorne. I think it's going to be a long road to Valerian, like actually acknowledging or respecting <laughs> my position as king of the north. I don't think that's really going to resonate with him. I dropped the pillow. <laughs> I'm a citizen employee here. Like it doesn't bounce. It lands heavy, and like dust just fills the room. <laughs> Dust and lice, just like a mist. Actually, he's probably mad at me because last time our digs were a little bit better. I would put it, a, well, it'd be the Remember same. Remember last time we stayed in the palace? Was it better than that? It's the same kind of thing you were in last time, but okay. that was meager as well. Yeah, not surprising. Not meager, but not, not especially fancy. Okay, so, you know, you guys can take your showers, nice, wonderful showers in the room. Where's all my people? Remember we came with like a whole. You've given up, you got, you've given a host of rooms. Okay. No, I'm just asking if they have yeah. to stay outside the palace or are they in the palace. No, they've been invited to be in. You have access to places to eat and to get clothing and to dress, uh, take a shower, etc. The accommodations. But can we go out? Um, can you go out? Uh, like, is anyone restricting us from leaving the grounds? I don't think there is. No, no one's stopping you. Okay, I take off like all my Orokusaki gear and okay. put on like my old worldy. Well, I don't think I have my old world clothes anymore, but put on. Maybe just the basic leather armor, all right, and gun. And I take Darn out. And um, was lightning with us? I don't even remember. I don't think so. I don't think you brought lightning with you. Um, I take Darn out and show him all my favorite uh, dives. I. I <laughs> this is I, where we. This is where we caught um, Mr. Jekyll. This is. No, I mean we <laughs> pubs and stuff. I show him all the great good places to uh, get dinner and hang out. And I'm sitting there at one of the pubs, just shoving pretzels in my mouth in the pretzel tray. <laughs> Gross. And this is where he caught Dr. Jekyll. All right. So uh, eventually somebody comes into your room after you return. Okay. And says, uh, your presence is requested, honorable king of the north. Okay. I put, I put all my Oroku gear back on. Your regalia. 
you're brought to his throne room where he, he's seated and he's talking to somebody and you're made to wait. And uh, and then uh, after he's done messing with this issue, he, he stands up and says, uh, Gentlemen, I am pleased to see that you're still here. And he gives a smirk. I've got such wondrous things to show you today. We're just booked full. So why don't we get started? As you wish. He uh, says, follow me. And you go to the side room. You go to this room, the circular room. It's got like a... Like candles, tall candles that are in a circle. This is the room that you've brought to several times before, David, to be teleported. In the palace? Yes. Okay. You've been teleported here to that land of the Horned Men, to the Lich's Castle, or okay. I guess a little bit south of where the Ashlands were. You've used this room before. Stand with me. And with him is both Duran, Samir, and, is, uh, and uh, Alex. Oh, wait, go back. I totally forgot something. Yes. The one guy that's with me is the... Disguised wizard. Okay. That just disguises like my steward. All right. And uh, after a little bit, you're all teleported. A bright white light. And then when the light fades and everything comes back into focus, you find yourself standing outside of the Lich's castle. Called it. Dun, dun, dun. In the dead forest that is... uh, Slowly been revitalizing since. Oh man, I haven't been back here since we left. Shocking! (laughs) What's going on here? As I described uh, last episode, there is two giant clockwork goliaths on either side, along with uh, you know patrols of clockwork soldiers and servants and regular uh, fleshy servant uh, soldiers around the place, and uh, they all stand at attention to Valerian. And he kind of waves them off, and, and they stand aside. Past this doors, I'm going to be speaking very candidly, King. So take only with whom you wish to know the truth, and whom you trust. These are the only two I trust, that's why I brought them. Very well. And the door opens, and indulge me for a bit. Because to help you understand what's happening, I'm going to have to give you a little bit of a history lesson. You guys walk forward, and you're in a very white hallway. And at the end of the hallway is a door. And above the door, it says secure. A few years ago, back uh, my father reigned, there was a man named Friedrich Jan. Friedrich Jan was a brilliant mind. Uh, he's equal to your, uh, your Isaac Newton, a man beyond his time. And you go through the door, and the door opens up, and you go to another identical white hallway. And at the end of that white hallway is another door. And above it, it says, contain. All of this following conversations are going to be happening while you walk through this place. Okay. Friedrich Jan was a brilliant mind, and he gave the world clockwork. Unfortunately, he died before his time, and his work had to be succeeded by someone. And the door goes up, and you go to the next room, identical white hallway, and at the end of the room, another door, and it says, protect. While I have been emperor, a man came to me, Mr. Yi Su Chong. Immigrated him from the north, and he showed some promise. He had some ideas. He showed himself capable of taking over Jan's work, but there was one thing that was always on his heart. He never was satisfied just following in the footsteps, standing on the shoulders of giants, as it were. He wanted to create something very much his own. And the final door opens up, and then you get into this square room that has uh, a hallway forward, a hallway left, and a hallway right. And there's soldiers there in each of the corners of the room, uh, clockwork soldiers. And uh, he takes you down the left hallway. And you walk down the hallway. And everything's white here, very bright white. It's very well ma- uh, maintained. 
cleaned and everything's colored white. Valerian used that scrubby brush I got him for his birthday? Yes, he did. He loved it, Mr. Clean, Mr. Clean. He actually shaved his head bald to imitate the guy. Uh, and this is like white on white. It's like white wall, white floor with a white standing table with a white vase with white flowers and white stems in it. Everything's white, except for the soldiers who are not white. Um, because that'd be racist. Not We aren't white cis males here. All right, uh, you walk down the hallway. I look at the sole of my shoe. Oops, I got mud. Yeah, oh yeah, you guys are tracking them crap. Uh, <laughs> take off those shoes. My nightmare boots don't track anything. As you walk through, um, uh, he continues, Mr. Suchong wanted to create something that was both clockwork and also living being. He wanted to fuse the two together. It would definitely take a man who had a mind such as Friedrich's to create such a thing, but Suchong supposedly was up to the task. He came to me with several ideas and prototypes, and none of it was ever up to snuff. Some of them pretty horrific creations that didn't last very long. But one day, we found something. We found something that would turn the tide of this little war of ours against your world, David. We found him. And you're at a door, and it's a metal door with a little window, small window that you could maybe like put your eyes against and see inside. And there's a clipboard against the wall next to it. And the clipboard has, um, has like scribblings on it. David, me SCP-01. And you, you can look in, and you see standing there before you in an orange kind of like jumpsuit, kind of similar like you'd think somebody in prison would be wearing. Uh, the room, by the way, the room in there is like padded walls and kind of like reminds you of a mental uh, ward. And again, everything in there is uh, white. In that room, standing there before you is a very well-built, uh, rather young Arnold Schwarzenegger. Meet the self-proclaimed T-1000. We found this creature before I even met you. And we immediately realized its potential. It had somehow merged living flesh on top of some sort of metal clockwork machine endoskeleton. Su Chong's research was now very much possible. Because we had now something that was doing what he wanted to do. We attempted to reverse engineer this. Fortunately, the technology that makes this thing possible is so far beyond us. I suspect it's beyond what we've even yet begun to conceptualize, let alone understand. And that's why we can't recreate it. Regardless, we learned enough. Through a lot of work and reverse engineering, Su Chong was able to make another prototype. Fortunately, in the reverse engineering of this creature, it died. And I watched it vanish. I was curious. There was something I'm sure you wouldn't find at this point curious. At that point, you must know, you must realize I had yet to meet you. And to me, it was very curious. Unfortunately, Su Chong still didn't learn enough. The prototypes did not pass inspection. And I canceled his project again. Su Chong continued to work and gave us the different clockwork machinations you see around you, clockwork. Dragons were especially his doing. Still not satisfied, working under the shadow of Friedrich. Surely you must be wondering, what the heck does this have to do with me? <laughs> be patient, you'll see. And as you, like, look in, uh, Schwarzenegger looks up at you, and he goes over, and he slams on the door. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, and he looks at you, and he's just, like, staring at you, and he goes, 
Oh, yes, I forgot to mention, he seems to have uh, quite the liking to you. Keeps asking for you quite a lot. Matter of fact, he most... doesn't sleep. He doesn't eat. <laughs> he can't be reasoned with. He won't stop until you're dead. He says, um... <laughs> he actually he goes, actually, quite the number of things in here have quite the interest in you. But let's move on. And he continues to walk down I the hold hallway. up my pipe bomb to the window, and I'm like, remember this from the first movie? <laughs> you continue walking down the hallway. Do you have a press, like a giant machine press that presses steel? <laughs> Just... I'll make him crawl through that. As you continue walking down, he goes, um... Is he the, is he the first one or second movie, Terminator? <laughs> is he like the real young Arnold or like mid-level Arnold? He's first movie Arnold. Oh, okay, cool. <laughs> then, of course, I met you and your merry band of men, and we eventually came across your Mr. Hyde. I watched him die, David. I watched you kill him with my own eyes. And he vanished, just like SCP-01. I thought that was quite interesting. You could see that the dots began to connect in my mind, but still, we learned not enough. You went off on your little, your little adventure in the north, and while you were gone, I got a report. Someone was killing prostitutes in Corhall. Could just be another copycat, but I had him quickly caught for I wish not to spring up more. Imagine my surprise when, when brought before me wasn't a copycat, but was Mr. Hyde himself. You walk in front of another door, another clipboard, and across from that door is a locker built into the wall with glass. And inside the locker is a bag and then like laid out on glass a bunch of trinkets, different sort of alchemical things, vials, potions and stuff. And, uh, and then next to that in like a display is uh, a mannequin with all the unit, the stuff uh, Hyde wore. Uh, and it says SCP-06 above his head. And you see, uh, again, in like a prisoner's uniform, is Dr. Jekyll. So I believe you've met uh, Dr. Jekyll, uh, who, of course, turns into Mr. Hyde, codenamed the Hyde Ripper. He came back. So it came into my mind, if he came back, maybe the T-1000 came back. I had him searched for, and indeed he did. We recaptured him and began to continue our research on him, this time making sure not to kill him. This presented a problem to me. I can't just find the things in your world and kill them. They come back. Meaning, all the things that you have been killing would be coming back. This is not helpful to my world. <laughs> not quite beneficial. So I enlisted the help of one Alderis. Alderis is a very powerful wizard. Lives in Winterhaven. I believe your friend Sergio is from there. A bit south of Core Hall. One of the biggest cities here. Alderis, I asked him if he could somehow manage to build a device that would lock on to the specific... We'll call it like a signature. Something unique to someone. The signature of things from your world, what would make them different? What fingerprint they had that we could not imitate? Latch onto it to find it. Alderis worked on it for a while. You guys uh, go down a hallway. You pass a couple other doors uh, that he doesn't stop at. And you eventually go um, towards the end of this place, make a couple turns, and then you, you look into this a big glass thing, like a big glass wall. And in it is this cube. The cube's about the size of a house. 
and it's constantly rotating, and it has got, like, green runes on it, and the runes kind of, like, the writings kind of almost, like, come out of it. And the Allspark! Like around it. Valerian says, uh, he gave us this, the Herodric Cube. This cube takes the things from your world and summons it to it. It brings it in. But we learned very quickly that it doesn't work quite as well as we wish. For it doesn't summon them as soon as they come into the world, but they need to die first before they'll come here. So we needed to make these things die. And that's where the story with Su Chong comes in. Working with Alderis, continuing to take apart, kill, and have recreated here, and take apart and kill over and over again to reverse engineer as much as we could from the T-1000, we created two, and only two, working hybrids. Clockmen, as it were. We call them the Keepers. Alderis gave them the same abilities of the Herodric Cube to go and search out and find, no matter where they are, things from your world, hunt them down as hunter-killers, and eliminate them. Then they would reappear here, and we give them their own nice little cell for the rest of their lives. And in that way, my world could be safe. But as I wrote to you in my letter, not too long ago, we had a breakthrough. Alderis perfected the cube, and now they need not die first before we get them. The first time they enter in our world, we capture them. Let me show you, and you're walking down a hallway, and he leads you to another room, he goes, Meet the latest acquisition, SCP-12. And you see across the hallway, and, and like, and set in the wall, and the mannequin is, is this black suit, black tie, white shirt, very plain, and then, like, a desert eagle. A desert eagle gun? Yep. And you look in there, and you see um, a very plain-looking man. Valerian says, uh, he calls himself Agent Smith. Does Agent Smith use a desert eagle? Yeah, I guess he does. Yeah, he does. Afar? Object is working correctly. You've yet to see him. Is this correct? Uh, yeah, that's correct. Excellent. Perfect. Well, then you should be... Why aren't you smiling? You should be happy. Your nightmare is over. We've finally been able to... Well, he can't see whether I'm smiling or not. Oh, you're still wearing the mask? I told you I was in full... Okay, okay, okay. okay. Your nightmare is finally over. Right now, the, the keepers are hunting out the last of the creatures that came from your world before the cube is finished. And soon we will have them all here. And any further ones that come, we will capture. Excuse me, I've been, I've been soliloquying. Surely you have thoughts, questions. Speak your mind. Well, that's a lot. You just, you just uh, put a lot there on the table. So I guess I'll go one at a time. The one, a couple key things. One, the reason you're having so much trouble copying the T-1000 or SCP-1 or whatever you call them is because, again, in my world, the technology is not possible. These are not real things in my world, but stories and imaginary characters. So fusing living flesh to a robot is what we would call, what you call a clockwork, is not possible. It's just the imagination of men. Uh, so the reason you have trouble reverse engineering it is because it defies engineering. <laughs> it can't be engineered. Uh, you're reverse engineering somebody's dream, basically. There's other two other issues that, that really jump out at me. One is, I mean, this is brilliant. Don't get me wrong that you can do this and capture them, but it doesn't tell us why or for what purpose this is all happening. And most importantly, who is pulling the strings? And the last thing is, don't you find it curious that 
I'm not attracted to the cube. Have you died yet? When you said now it doesn't, now you said it attracts even non-dead ones. As they come into the world, as they're made manifest here, instead of appearing in some god-awful place somewhere in our world, they, they appear, appear here? next to the cube, yes. Oh, interesting. I could test it. Uh, let me see your gun. <laughs> oh, speaking of that, I'll give you 100 gold pieces for that desert eagle. <laughs> He's not going to need it. Creating the keepers was something that I had to very much be convinced of, and I found it a necessity. I've told you before, I don't want to use anything from your world. I've had people whispering in my ear telling me to find a way to control these things, to use them for our benefit, and I refuse. I don't but think... you just said you're reverse engineering them to make weapons, but that's not... That is using it. I wasn't comfortable with it, but found it necessary to make the keepers, the things we reverse... The things that were the result of the reverse engineering. I felt we had to, but I'm not comfortable doing anything else. It's an exception. I don't want any interference from your world. I believe it's dangerous to have it on our side or not. I feel that we're messing things we can't control, that we can't understand. And as much as we think we understand, I think we'll be deceiving ourselves and it'll blow up in our faces. You're lucky uh, I let you keep that, te that technology you brought with you. I, I hear what you're saying, but I, I think it's a little premature to tell me that the nightmare is over until we can say... Who and why? Who brings them in and for what purpose is when the nightmare is over? And you're also missing somebody here. Unless there's a couple of rooms you haven't shown me yet. Well, th there's plenty of rooms, and as I told you, the keepers are hunting down the last of them now. I'd show them to you, but they're out on duty. But let me show you some. Come here. And you go down, and you go down the hallway, and this hallway, instead of having, like, doors with SCPs in them, uh, there's doors with just offices. And you go to one of the office, and sitting down is, uh, is uh, Su Chong. Su Chong gets up and, and, he, and he, um, he gives a bow and um, he goes, Su Chong, meet David and I'm afraid I haven't caught your name. My name is Thorin, your majesty. Thorin, meet Yi Su Chong. I give a low bow or a, uh, a shallow bow. Su Chong also bows to you. Su Chong has been uh, instrumental in keeping this facility and he is doing as much research as he can. He's interrogating the subjects, he's finding out everything that they know, everything about them, how they work, what they do, what their powers are. Right now, our attempt to find out why they're coming is largely rested on the shoulders of Su Chong, so if you have any questions, he might be able to answer some. Su Chong, answer David whatever question he asks you, as if I was asking you them. Like a dog. <laughs> the two most important questions, who's bringing them in and why, for what purpose? He takes Those off are the only questions. He takes off his glasses and he puts them on the counter. He goes, it's not entirely knowable why they're here, but it's premature to think that something's bringing them here, uh, as in a person willfully summoning them. My research has indicated that uh, most of them don't even know why they're here, and if someone was bringing them in, do you think they might know that? My guess is that some cosmic... Problem. Some cosmic mistake is allowing them to come in. I don't think it's designed. But, of course, these conclusions are premature. We are still researching. And of course, My if something theory. does not come summoned in, its purpose is... Man has wondered what its purpose is for generations because we're a cosmic mistake. has happened to appear. There is no real purpose but the purpose you make for yourself. Though I will say... The one common purpose is a lot of them want to kill you, Mr. David. Well, then they have a purpose, don't they? It does seem to be the one thing that they most of them want. Not all of them want it, but most of them. 
we have found that some of them have some levels of lucidity. Some think that they're in some other place. Some know where they are. Some see me for me, and some see me for something out of wherever they're from. One of our most recent acquisitions, quite lucid, quite lucid. But uh, he's been rather stubborn on the details. And which one is that? Calls himself Dr. Victor Freeze. Ah! I take it. You know the man. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's another thing that, that you should uh, ponder. Whether they're being summoned or you're saying some sort of cosmic rift is allowing it. Uh, the other issue is uh, it's kind of strange that none of these are real people. None of these. I've yet to see one real. thing come from my world that's actually a real person besides myself. I see. I, I stop and I look at David. How do, we, how do we know you're real? Well, I guess only taking my word for it, but in my world, I'm not a movie or a book All or right. a story, so. Do me a favor. <laughs> um, let me get the clip. All right. He gives you a clipboard. And he goes, go through these. Tell me if any of these at all are real or if they're all stories, invention. I guess I don't have to tell them that a puppet's not real. I assume here a puppet's not real either. A radio is a real thing, but <laughs> it didn't seem to be acting real. They have Freddy. Yep, he's on the list. They have the helicopter? It's on the list. And the jet. It's on the list. I, I kind of look over this list and I go, the only things that are even possible as far as being real, the radio, the, the, the flying machines, and the soldiers, in my world, these are real things, but they're also very much used quite often in books, in movies, and if, um, I think logically connected to the fact that everything else is imaginary, I would think that these are more towards the end of, again, um, what we call movies in my world, movie characters. These would be characters commonly used in movies. Now, uh, was this the, is this the same... Uh, this is Valerian speaking. Is this the same for the... I remember when we fought uh, the Ripper. You told me... At first, you suspected him to be someone from your world, a real person, Jack the Ripper. Yeah. Is it, He's a mishmash. Is there any further like that on this list? Yeah, Fred, the the guy with the knives on his hands mm -hmm. and the hockey mask. Oh, you see, you see, you see the goes, oh. There's actually, that's actually two ideas, two villains met, mushed up in the one thing. That guy, that one was very difficult to capture. I'll tell you that right now. We had the machine worked. We all went over to see what came through and there was nothing. Then we began having nightmares. This thing was not easy to capture, but when we did, ho oh, oh, ho, I will tell you, we are very pleased that now he is no longer a threat. We keep him in a straitjacket so that he doesn't kill himself and come back. That's a good idea. How do you stop him from entering people's dreams? We had, uh, on pure happenstance, brought him out of a dream into the real uh, world. Someone had yeah. grabbed him in their dream and they had woken. I could have told you that. Everyone <laughs> <laughs> goes, saying? oh, if you were here and not yeah. in the north... You could yeah. have done that. Interesting. And the, uh, those people, the, the raving lunatics, you hear no stories about them from your world. That is, I know news stories, that is. No, I think that they're not real. And the same with that cult leader, the man who keeps trying to give, make everyone drink his red drink. Things like that have happened in my world, but not exactly like that. So again, it seems more like... Um something that might be from a book or a movie based on something on real things but not exactly like that and the newest one this agent smith where is he from a movie even though he seems the most passive here i mean in the movie he's in he's pretty much 
useless in the real world. Did he give you guys much trouble? He was rather quick, but we have a, since we have the cube, we have preparations to capture anything that comes through. It's interesting that they stay true to their... They have their abilities from the movie, but it doesn't exactly match uh, the world that they're in. It's very strange. And his gun was rather powerful. Yeah, that's a real thing in my world. The Desert Eagle. With the right rounds and that, it could actually shoot through armor. If it would be okay with you, I would love to catch your ear and you could fill me on some of the details of these creatures. Some of them are not quite cooperative. Some of them will talk, some of them won't. The ones that are more lucid tend to clam up. Okay. I'd very be interested if you could even make them speak. If you could talk to Victor, that would be very good. He, he seems to know more than he lets on. <laughs> he seems to be rather intelligent as well. Yeah. We had to make a very special containment facility for him. We found out that if it's not very cold, he dies, and we have to recapture him again. He seemed to be angry that he died, though. David, did you tell me about Mr. Heck? No, but they have him. He's on the list. So Valerian says, We've averted a crisis. And you go back down to walking down the hallways, passing some of them. But it took us too long. People died. Several people. Because we could not create this facility quick enough. It's in a good location. People fear this location just from its reputation. It's in the middle of nowhere. We've gotten all the right people working together, all the right solutions. It just came too slow. You know, Alderis lives in Winterhaven, which happens to be a part of the Empire. So his assistance was able to... We got his assistance pretty quick. Su Chong happened to have immigrated from the north. But what if he hadn't? What if I just somehow parlay with your people, your adopted people. It was hard enough to get you. Imagine another person. Imagine how much slower things would have been for that. Imagine how much quicker things could have been if I didn't have to do all the bureaucracy necessary to get the different kinds of metals, special metals we needed for this facility, from the dwarves. It could have gone quicker if the world was a little bit smaller. You catch my drift? What if the next time something comes through from another world, we can't afford to react so slowly? What if the next time we act slowly costs us our species? Do you understand why I want a unified world, David? Can you see why it's so passionate about that? We're so busy fighting each other. Imagine if it wasn't me on the throne. I cared about things from another world. What if it was someone else? What would have happened then? How many more people would have died? How many worse? How much worse could this threat have become? <laughs> well, I assume you want me to speak frankly. I do. When you first took me on as an advisor, you said you wanted me as an advisor because you felt like you could learn things. Uh, from the knowledge of how things went in my world, even history and things like that. And uh, so I feel like I have to tell you that that dream you have, even for those purposes, never ends well, at least not where I'm from. No one man should rule an entire world, even for safety. In fact, there's a saying in my world that um, if men surrender... Uh, liberty in the name of security then they've already lost what makes you think i want to take away people's liberty i gave it back my father was the man who took away people's liberty 
I've sacrificed my own power to give power back to the Senate. No, you, you misunderstand what I'm saying. I don't mean you personally are want to be a taskmaster task over everyone, but like in any world, uh, different peoples in different lands um, have the right to rule themselves by their own culture and means, and it's the, the, the burden for the world is to figure out how to live together in that way, not to say, uh, that doesn't work for me, so I'll take it over, and you live under my way of thinking. People have a right to not <laughs> think the way uh, you think or even the way the empire thinks. That's what I mean by liberty. They wouldn't truly have liberty. I'm not saying you're cruel. I'm just saying forcing one cultural idea on an entire world is not liberty. David, I know your words are wise because the words I've heard from wise people before. The giants in the East, they do not have representation in the Senate. They don't have law. Our laws don't govern over them. We let them keep their nation in the East in trade. They give us some of their men for soldiers. And there's peace between us. They let us call their lands part of the empire, but there's special rules governing it. Our people don't go into their lands. They're very protective of their lands. We've, we've built a very special village in between the edge of the empire and their lands where on purpose, forward-thinking both men and giants live together. I don't want to just go to everywhere and say, now you are following our rules. You're now under our laws. I make different calls based on the things I come across. Long as we're all working together. In the end, you can say the giants are part of the empire. He puts his hand on your shoulder and goes, good advice, though. I've heard it a thousand times. It's good. <laughs> well, then one more piece. Um, like you said, what if someone else was on the throne? So if you, you set up the system of yours, the empire still has leverage and, and could, in theory, then invade and occupy any territory on the planet. And as you said, uh, unless you plan on living forever, how do you know your predecessor will have the same views? You're setting up the, the possibility for it. In fact, in my world, your, your rule is very much reminiscent of what we called uh, the Roman Empire, the Romans. And they ruled the world that way with serving kings, keeping people in power in their lands for close to a thousand years, but it fell because all it took was one or two bad emperors and the whole world turned on them and they crushed under their own power. Power always corrupts. And if it doesn't corrupt you, it'll corrupt the next guy. Oh no, what am I going to do if there's a new bad successor? I've never thought of this before! <laughs> Please, David, don't mock me. I chuckle at that. It is, it is a concern. It's something that I've been working on since I came to power, David. Currently, right now, the Senate elects the new emperor. And the clockworks only serve the emperor. Which means until there's a new one, no one can use it to usurp whatever method's been put in place. You see, that's the problem with human armies. They serve whatever general commands them. So if a general wanted to take power without the people's say, without the proper procedure, they can do so. Not this army. This army serves the emperor, and the emperor is chosen by the people. Period. No human error. But there is many more different facets to this. This is not the subject I wish to speak on today. Well, you asked. <laughs> well, while we're talking about this... He leads you to another, another kind of like office, and you guys sit down. He goes, let's talk about the North. You managed to somehow be its leader, and they serve you willingly. 
More than willingly. And you did this by killing its past leader. Correct. That sounds a little more subject to me to corruption than my way of doing things. Yeah, that's my point. I'm not saying they're not... They're incorruptible or they're perfect, but my point is it's their way. Well, here's what we're going to do about their way. Though it's regrettable that uh, people have died from the plague, we uh, can make good on a bad situation. Here's what you're going to do. You're going to go back to your people. The first thing you're going to do is you're going to reveal to them the truth, that there is no king and that you really rule them, and that your predecessors had put forth this deception. And you're going to be hailed as the truth-bearer, David the truth-bearer, who saved the people from their ignorance. And in this way, you will show them that you are willfully giving a power over them because you are a good man. And you're going to say that you met with the emperor and that of his goodwill, without you even asking, he offered assistance for your plague and for the situation you now find yourself in. And that you have accepted his aid and that they've handled for many years now a plague so they know how to do it. My men will come in. We will take your sick. We will hand out, of course, potions to make sure anyone who is not sick now remains healthy. Take out the sick people. Keep you on potions until we're very, very sure there's no plague left in your land. I'll take your people who are sick back to our plague lands where we already have aid set up for people to live lives as comfortable as they can with the plague. And you will be known as the man who turned the empire from a feared enemy to a valued ally. And then you will be given a new title from the empire. Governor of the North. Or whatever word you like to make it. Prelate, whatever word fits your fancy. We're not going to skin this as you now serve us, but instead of taking away something from the North, we're giving you something. We're giving you a new title. And that you are now going to have increased trade, increased commerce with the Empire, and that you will even be given representation and rights within the Empire. We allow you delegates into the Senate. And in that way, without a shot being fired, without a pint of blood being spilt, the North will be enveloped within the Empire's territory. And both of us will be better off for it. You're an expert on the people up there, at least the most expert in this room at the moment. How do you think that will go over? Yeah, I think they'll do what I say. But do you think they'll be happy about it? My understanding of the way this works is no. But they will do their best to uh, bend to, the, to what it is I want to do. And slowly, I think the culture would change because they would teach their children and and everyone would would do their best to to bend to my will and my understanding is that the Orokusakis can actually change the entire culture and thinking of the people based on his uh way of thinking so i think it will, i don't think it's going to be an instant process no i don't think they're going to parade me down the street for partnering with the empire but that doesn't mean it can't be done well it's better to be hated for what you are than loved for what you're not. Though you, uh, your trip up north cost me no small amount of inconvenience, it appears that it's going to make things far easier. No bloody war, no coups, no deception, none of this year's worth of work to get you guys to join. Finally, I'll be able to envelop you quicker, quicker than I ever imagined. And of course, we'll share militaries. I'll 
you can join our military and we'll assign men to you to keep you guys protected from whatever assails you. Your people will learn to look at the clockwork as protectors rather than things they fear. Like you said, it'll just take time, but it's going to be a lot quicker than it would have been before. And with a lot better will. Well, then I would suggest don't march the clockworks in on day one. There's no way you can march clockworks into Antioch and it not be seen as aggression. This brings up another point. When our men are taking those of you who are sick and bringing them to our plague lands, I need you or people you very much know are respected by the community out there saying that it's a good thing. Otherwise, it's going to look like kidnapping and, uh, and uh, secret things that happen at night. Not good things. You understand? No. Yes. You must make it look as you for approval and that you are convincing the people of the truth that it's the best for them. I've been I've been to the plague lands. I can I will testify to the fact that they are taken care of there. Ah, oh, Dave, I'm so happy to have you back. The next thing you need to do is find a successor so you can rejoin me back in the palace. Well that might be a problem. Oh. There's only one way for there to be a successor. And what is that? He has to kill me. Oh, we could fake a death, no problem. <laughs> Matter of fact, I'll have someone from, from my land do it. That way I know it's somebody I can trust. We'll have some of my people in charge of there. All right. Well, let's cross that bridge when we get to it. I have some work to do before you kill me. <laughs> work. Hey, well, if your associates are any uh, example, if we do kill you real, it looks like you'll just respawn next to the cube. Uh, yeah, I'm not so into testing that theory. <laughs> not Unless, of course, you think the man in white brought everybody here. What makes you think I came by the same method? I know how I came here. Have you had any more interactions with that man? No. Have you? No. Perhaps he is out of the picture. He's the the man who started the horse on its path, but then let it go its own way. You're also missing a uh, key character here that you have not captured. And who's that? This Kaiser Soze. Well, I'm sure whoever's left will be killed soon. The keepers are out there. <laughs> I start chuckling in the corner. Oh, trust me, the keepers are not to be trifled with. Uh, do you think it was rather easy to get the helicopter in that plane? Was I'd give it next to Mr. Nightmare 13, the Freddy Krueger character, Freddy Voorhees character. Next to him, probably the most difficult of the bunch. But they did it. Just as a warning, he seems different than the other ones. There's something different about him. In what way? He seems like one more pulling the strings than dancing on the ends of them. Something different about him, a more intelligent way of doing things and going about things and more powerful. Well, then I'm he sure Su Chong will love to talk to him. Oh, that's the other thing with him. Be careful about that. I think he has a way of um, entering the minds of men. I think his talking is part of his whatever he is. Hmm. I think talking to him is very dangerous. In fact, I know men he's come across uh, that I sent out after him from the north and after a brief conversation with him, they kill themselves. Hmm. And these are trained, hardened assassins. Not men of weak minds. Oh, I'm tired of the varied abilities of your men from your world, David. <laughs> you hear a uh... Ding, 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 echo out through the entire facility. 
And Valerian kind of like turns around the door and goes, How fortuitous. Ah, something's here. Another acquisition. Would you like to see it? Sure. I'm sure he's looking for me anyway. <laughs> I'm sure. All right, you guys go over and you look into that glass pane. And the Harajuk Where the cube, cube is? Yep. Okay. Harajuk cube is like moving quickly. It's circling quickly in, in its place. And it's glowing brighter. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, like like in a, so quick, like a blink, there's an egg. And I'll an show you. egg? An egg. It's about the size of... Um, yes, I know what it is. Maybe like a chair. I know what it is. Okay. Well, oh. you know, know who doesn't? The listeners. So I was kind of trying to like... Let, it's let the egg know. from Alien, everybody. <laughs> and I turn to Valerian and I go, this means this thing's been killed here before or now they just come straight here? That's what you're saying. First time in? First time in. Like you all, Agent Smith. You just hit the jackpot, my friend. Oh? Yeah, if you want to see something awesome, here's what you do. You put a dude in there and tie him up and this creepy thing's going to come out of that egg and jump on his face and it's going to implant another egg in the guy's stomach and then in a couple of days, this little monster is going to jump out of him. And it's going to very quickly grow into a big monster. And let's just say it is something to be feared. Well, if I was the kind of man that would use things from your world, that sounds like a weapon to me. Oh, it's no weapon. There's no control on this thing. This thing just kills and kills and reproduces and kills and reproduces. Well, some might say that about the plague. I've managed to make it a weapon. Well, I guess they could be a weapon if you just like <laughs> dropped a cage and it broke open somewhere else, but it wouldn't work back. These things are crazy. Um, men come, they contain it, and they and they bring it out. Don't into, contain it. Um, uh, and they put it in its own room. Don't contain it. Would you like me to kill it and have it come back? It'll die anyway. If you if you don't, if it hatches and there's nothing there for it to latch onto, it's gonna just keep dying and coming back and dying. It's like a baby without milk. We've managed to sustain the other one so far. Okay. And if it fails, we'll just try another way to sustain it. It's the beauty of this cube. We get an infinite amount of tries. I almost want to steal that egg and go let it loose just for, like, see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> Those things are awesome. What do you call these things in your world? I don't think they call them anything in the movies. They just call them, a it's an alien. Oh, great. All these aliens, he points to all the cages, and yeah, now we have one called an alien. Well, the movie was called Alien. The story is called Alien. So, again, this is a fake thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, I've laid a lot on you, David. But it's a really cool fake thing. It's a really cool fake thing. I will say your the two men you brought with you have been awful quiet. I understand your cupbearer. But why'd you bring this man, Mr. Thorn? Have you no thoughts? I am here as an apprentice to David. An apprentice? Oh, he's I'm gonna here. find that hilarious. David, you have found an apprentice. I was yeah. You would understand. It was a negotiation that I had with a certain Party Don't member. to tell me what I will and won't understand. I um, just meant it's something political. That's all. Relax. Or I'll talk to him in code. Remember what uh, part of what killing the lich solved for you? Yeah. Remember the problem? Mm -hmm. Apprenticing him solves that same problem in the north. Hmm. My face kind of looks hurt. <laughs> it's using you. Yeah, throw away like <laughs> a dirty dad towel. Was there when his dad made the deal. Yeah. He knows he's part of a deal. Doesn't mean I have to like it. You're not my teenage dad. angst. And this is what he's supposed to be learning about. Sorry, buddy. This is how politics works. All right, Mr. Apprentice. What's your thoughts on the matter? You from the north? You don't look it. No, I'm from the southern isles. Then you've got the southern islands. Really? 
A he looks at you, David, he goes, a recent acquisition. Then tell me, as an outsider from the north, what do you Oh, I thought you are not this? making acquisitions. He gives you a look. Valerian. <laughs> he gives you a glare, making him a Valerian. <laughs> a recent partnership. Yeah, if you're going to be in denial, stick with your, you know, your denial. I believe you remember me saying each thing was set differently. The South is actually rather acclimated well to the joining of the Empire. They're no different than Coral or Winterhaven. But the question stands, foreign apprentice of David. I think you have responded well to the threat. Which one are you referring to? The threat of the North or the threat of David's world? Both in their own way. The North, I think, was a bit sloppy, but... Oh, do you? Mm -hmm. Speaking of North, uh, I fully uh, want people from your... Uh, after, this, after this little merger is complete, people from the North joining our military, uh, we've heard stories about your creatures that are the Fae, the creatures from the Earth itself that serve you. That's extraordinary. Even we don't command that much control of nature. Well, just to warn you, they don't work like um, regular military up there, so I think that'll be a, a long... Uh process to make them understand how conventional military works. The Lin Kuei is not exactly like that. The Lin Kuei? Yes. There is no army in the north. Hmm. Not in that. Not in the way you would think of it. Not conventionally. People in the north have a very strange way of living their lives. Yes. Well, what are your thoughts, David? About? About what I've proposed to you. About everything. Have you well, any reservations? Yeah. Speak them now. Or forever hold your peace. Well, to be honest... No, I now pronounce you Minowin. Your your plan for the North, I was thinking um, much the same thing, but only to avoid further bloodshed. Uh, having me there, obviously I can make you happy without you having to uh, advance in a military way. I've already given you my objections to the idea in general, but if it must be, then I'm glad that I'm in place to make it at least uh, so nobody has to get hurt. And my other thoughts are, as wonderful as this all is, and as amazing as it is, I feel like nothing will be truly settled until we figure out more about its origin. Well then, if that is such a heavy burden on your mind, why don't you take Su Chong's advice? Spend a day going around. I'll leave you to it yourself. No pressure's on you but you. Ask around, see if you can't get them to cooperate with you. Learn what you can. Maybe you can find the answers you're looking for. I uh, thank you. I'll, I will. One note, though. There is one I do not want you to talk to. Okay. One of our first acquisitions, uh, SCP-02 that make him... Or zero... Yes, SCP-02. There's no talking to this one. I'm sure you're aware when you first met it, it's the puppet. The codenamed Spanish Flea. Because you can't practice... If even it's speaking, we don't know, because all we hear is this very loud song. Its room has been soundproofed. I'd suggest you do not talk to that one. I swear, if I have to hear that song, I'm going to kill somebody. That's an annoying song in my world, too. Yeah, good. I'm glad we're in agreement. But yes, you can't even see it in its room. It makes the whole place black as night. It's like you covered the window in pitch. Now, I think the one to talk to is Freeze. Well, I'll leave you to it, all right? Okay. Is there anything else you need from me? No. Very well, David. Very pleased to have you back. Good to be back. I'm also glad that you're not crazy. We don't have a cage for you. Yes, I'm not trying to kill me. That's good. <laughs> All right, about your business.
Hey, I'm Caleb. And I'm Christian. And we're the hosts of Pathfinder Academy, your go-to podcast for everything and anything Pathfinder. We cover everything from basic mechanics, skill checks, combat with weapons, combat with magic, party roles, character creation, how to run a session, player types and conflict, character death, house rules, making good encounters, rewarding your players, romance, how to kick pigs, pre-made campaigns, homebrew campaigns, storytelling tips, class guides, race overviews, class reviews, book reviews, and much, much more. You can catch us every Thursday here on the Trailblazer Network. See you in class. I go back to uh, Su Chong. Okay. Su so Chong looks up at you. He's like, he's at a station working over stuff. He's like schematics out, and he's like looking at him, and he looks up at you and goes, uh, David, have you learned anything? Uh, not yet. I was going to, the Emperor just gave me permission to speak with or interrogate uh, the prisoners, and uh, one of the ones you mentioned is also the one I'm the most interested in speaking to is Freeze, but I thought you might want to Join me. Mm, I did not make a good impression. Yeah, he may climb up on my presence. I could have it to be out of view. Yeah, if you want to observe, see um, if you hear something I don't, something I miss. Would you like the information we have on him so far? Sure. Right, let's go over to his cage, um, his holding cell. You go over and Suchal makes sure not to cross that plate, uh, the glass little bar, and he goes over and he picks up the clipboard and he goes, ah. Um, Code name of this SCP is Mr. Freeze, Doctor Victor Freeze. Um, this is all according to his own testimony, so who knows how true some of this is? But due to a condition gained in his career in cryogenics, which is something we don't know what it is, but he claims it's freezing things and keeping them alive, is unable to live in normal temperatures and must wear a suit that maintains a, zero, a sub-zero body temperature. Um, his skin has a blue hue to it when he's in cold temperatures. When he's warm. His skin turns to a bluish gray, getting pretty gray when he dies. He sports a freezing gun that can shoot a beam, and he points across where you can see his suit in a, in a case and his gun, and like those little little sensor things that freezes everything he comes into contact with. As for his behavior, his suit provides him with superhuman strength at the cost of some maneuverability. He's not the quickest man in the world. Though his main form of attack comes from his freeze gun, which he uses to freeze his victims. In addition, it can be manipulated to create frozen barriers of ice and unfreeze things, which we found very useful. The gun loses charges after use, but can be recharged via an integrated leg holster in the right leg of the suit. His suit also comes equipped with sensors, and he points to the spheres that uh, can spread across the room that raise an alarm when they come into contact with other creatures. An intelligent man, Freeze is known to adapt to surrounding conditions, learning from past mistakes and manipulating his field to his advantage. We give him a threat score of three and a self-aware score of three. Three is the highest score you can get. So what's he wearing now to keep him cold? Uh, he's, he's, uh, the room is magically kept at sub-zero temperatures. He's wearing the uh, uniform of everyone else, he, an orange jumpsuit with his label on it. And you can see, like, the glass around the edges, like, frosted. I like this, man. I need to go inside. Ah, uh, that's quite against protocol. Well, how am I supposed to speak to him? Yeah, through the door. Okay, but I warn you, you're, you're, that, will, that will definitely greatly um, diminish my interrogation. Techniques. Do you truly wish to be in the room with this man? Uh, hold on a second. Let's see. I go over to the, what is it, like slide open so you can talk or something? It slides open and there's just glass. But he can hear? Yeah. Okay, I go it's over. It's muffled. Like, what are you talking about? 
I go open and slide the thing open and look in the glass. What and, do I and you see, see um, Freeze is there and he's like carving something out of ice and he's sitting in a chair and he looks up. Well, he doesn't. I have my mask on. Yep. Okay. I go pull up the mask. He puts the ice thing down on the floor and stands up. Kind of turns his head as it's like a curious dog. And he takes steps forwards and comes to the door. And he like remember mocks me? eyes with you. How could I forget? I remember Quite, you before you first met me. Quite a trick you have there. Last time I saw you, you were exploding. <laughs> a weapon of last resort, to be sure. I take it it didn't take you down, though. I don't know. Maybe it did. Apparently we all just reappear when we die. Huh. What brings you to my... He looks around humble abode. Well, it seems that we have mutual friends. Except I get to be on the right side of the door. <laughs> oh, so the people here are what you would call friends? Yeah, sure. If they're keeping you locked up, I would call them friends. <laughs> I'm sure you can get as close to them as a man can get to a dog. So I was wondering if you uh, want to continue our conversation we were having before you exploded. What more is there to say? Oh, I want to know more about your friend Kaiser. Tell you what, open the door and let me out, and we can talk. If I open we'll the have door, a wonderful you'll... conversation. You'll die if you come out here. And he points across the, the room into the, the thing uh, where you see his suit. <laughs> well, now you know that's not going to happen. Well, but that you... doesn't mean I can't make this easier for you. And what way could you make this easier? And what possible way could you make my time more convenient? Well, other than putting that suit pad on, back on, let me know. You wish to bargain with me? I wish to know what I want to know, and I'm willing to reason with you. These people are under a misconception, David. I think I'm a threat to them. They think I have any care at all what happens to their world. They think I have even the slightest inclination one way or the other what happens to them. I don't. If you know anything about me, you know I've lost the ability to care a long time ago. My heart has become as cold as I am. I know. I've read the comic book. Give me my suit. Give me my freedom. And I'll give you all the answers you could ever dream of. Convince them I'm no threat. I can dream of a lot of answers. What answers can you give? What are your questions? I have a couple questions. One is, you seem so aware, more aware than uh, a lot of the other ones I've come across from my world. Are you aware that you are imaginary? Yes. I'm aware that what is my physical form has been taken out of the mind of you pathetic men. And I know exactly why it has been. I know exactly why I look like this. And why I have the powers I do. And I know what no one else here knows. The identity of Kaiser Soze. I know why he's doing what he's doing. I know why he's obsessed with you. I'm the only one here who is his equal. Okay, fair enough. So you want me to give you your freedom. So my question is, if you realize you're this imaginary thing given life for no other purpose than to kill me, what is it you want your freedom to do? I want the ability to choose what I'm going to do. I have no choice here. Here, the choice is made for me. My existence is to sit in this pathetic cell for the rest of my life. I think any living creature with half a brain would want to not have this existence. Well, I have half a brain, and surely you, you must understand that I would need a lot of reassurances. I'm not going to free you just to have to kill you again. What reassurances can I give? You say you know me. If you know me well enough, you know that I don't want to die. 
you would know that I have no intention of killing these people more than I would have the intention of killing a stray cat or a stray dog. But you have the intention of killing me. That's what I want reassurance of. That you... I am very willing to trade my freedom for yours. For leaving you alone means I get out of the cell, then you can consider yourself solitary. I give a quick glance over to Su Chung. Never in a million years. He is best research subject. Perhaps we can find better accommodations that allow freer movement. What are you going to bargain with? You're going to give me a little window where I can see birds, maybe some running water. <laughs> is that what you're going to do? Or maybe I'll get a bed. Oh, Have how exciting. Stop screaming. <laughs> I'm going to be honest water. with you because I feel like you're being very candid right now. I don't at the moment even have the authority to just say, let him free. I'm not in charge here, as it were. But I will promise you this. I think if you get, you have, you don't have to give me everything. I understand that your knowledge right now is your only leverage. But give me something. If you give me something real that shows them that you're willing to cooperate to help, then I have a bargaining chip to, for your freedom. I admit that I can only negotiate for your freedom, but I have a much better chance than you do. But you got to give me something. You got to give me something that shows them that you're worth it. Right now, they're just going to say, he'll say whatever he needs to say to get out. You don't have to give me everything, but give me something. Give me something that I can show them that, that you actually know what All you're right, talking so, about. Dude, Dom, you can't do that. It's, uned it's uneditable. I can't edit that out because he's talking while you're doing that. You have to give me something that shows them that you're for real. I know what they want to know most. What exactly each of these are. I know exactly what they are. I fought you in battle. It was a clean battle. There was no dirty tricks. You won fair and square. I am going to trust you. You've been honest so far. I will give you a piece of information if you give me your word that you will do your very best to give me my freedom as much as if it was your best friend in here. I the will closest member of your family trapped in a cage. I promise I will use it to try to leverage your freedom, but you have to understand that that's all I can promise. I'm not, I'm not the boss here. That vile man, Su Chong, tell him to ask any question he wishes. I will answer one question. Only after I'm out and in my suit. Yeah, again, you're not hearing me. They're not going to let you just go out in your suit based on nothing. I'm only asking you to give me one thing to show them that, it, that you really know something. You don't have to give me everything. Give me something. Give me something that I can show as an effective piece of information. And I can leverage your freedom. They're not going to do it on a promise. It has to be something that we can confirm. Do you understand? The, the information they most want to know, they'll be unable to confirm. Well, give me something else, just to show that you know what you're talking about. It doesn't have to be the thing they most want to know. Maybe the thing they most want to know, then, will be the leverage, but they'll believe that you actually have it. Show them that you're more than just a puppet in this. It's a question I've answered you, I've answered you before. Have you told them why we want you dead? No. That should be sufficient. But I warn you, they know that. They might want you in a cage more than me. No kidding, so give me something else. <laughs> I want to know too. Give me something I don't know. Tell me something I don't know. I don't entirely know what you do and don't know. Ask me a question. We'll see if I'm comfortable answering it. Okay. You don't have to tell me yet who Kaiser Soze is or why, but tell me how. How? How do they bring you ideas to life like this? You're under a misconception, David. Okay. Kaiser Soze, or any one of us, 
none of us have the power to bring through each other. The things that come through are not drawn in by one of us with a will to do it, but by a very... I guess in a way you could say there is someone responsible. The person who brought you through started the chain reaction. So that person in a way has the power, but they're not continuing it. The reaction's now going on its own. No one is bringing us through on purpose. But as each of us come in, it is chosen for us what we look like. And the person who chooses, chooses that is nature or God or whatever you choose to believe. Then why your obsession with me? I thought you knew the answer to that question already. If you die, the chain reaction can continue. If you go home, the chain reaction ceases to function. So it's just some self-propelling natural chasm that just brings ideas through and just is self-aware that it has to kill me without one per without a person in charge. I wouldn't call a force self-aware, but we each are self-aware, at least to a point. Even some who don't quite know that they need to kill you to stay alive, still somehow drawn to killing you. Everything seeks its own preservation. Reminds me of that scene from the Minority Report. The one where she's with the plants and... Uh... Yeah, yeah, and she's squeezing it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. So just to so, clarify, so the, the man in white brings a real person through, and somehow that starts a chain reaction where dreams come through and become real. I don't know who this man in white is, but whoever right. started it, yes. And whatever cosmic laws govern the world have made us our god or superior being, one that even I couldn't know. But as a scientist, I'll tell you there's more explanation in natural forces than there is in some deity that's causing this. It's as much the same force that governs why a tree looks like a tree, or why a tadpole is the first version of a frog. It's just natural. Just a natural force, because you cannot understand it, does not mean it doesn't exist. There, you have your information. They should be happy with that. Get me my freedom, and I'll answer any other question you and that horrible doctor have. Okay. I'll do my best. And you have right. my word, as, a, as I have yours, that I will no longer seek your destruction. Just call it self-preservation. I find trying to kill you doesn't put me in a very good spot. And he looks around the room. I'm trusting you to keep your end. I've kept mine. And I will. And I close the... the thing. So he goes, nothing in a million years. I'll die before we let him out. Let's get back to that. We'll arranged. Get... <laughs> we'll get back to that. Um, what do you think about what he said? As we walk away, obviously, so there's not even a chance. Yeah, yeah. It's very interesting. Uh, we, we have had multiple theories. Some theories, as you suggested, was that there was someone bringing them through. But this seems to make sense, that it's like he said, a reaction. Something is just self-perpetuating. It drops something in a river and ripples come out and they keep going until they hit something and stop or dissipate. But this, unlike a ripple where it starts out strong and goes away, it appears that this is like the opposite of a ripple because it seems to start out slow and with increasing regularity, more things come through or at least stronger things. Well, one really good piece of information came out of this for me. What's the that? only way to truly stop it is to send me home alive and well. That's what he was referring to, what I already know. If I die, not only doesn't it end, I have the feeling it would... It, if I die, I feel like you'll be overwhelmed. Even the cube and the cells won't stop it. If I'm sent home alive and well, it's like plugging a hole. 
it'll just stop. Well, I don't I don't particularly want it to stop. We're learning a lot from these things. You're playing with fire, my friend. Between you and I, I'm trying to convince Valerian to let us use these things. He's very staunchly against it. You wouldn't believe the hoops I had to jump through to let him make the keepers. He really doesn't want us to use any of this, though a lot of it could help people. How would they help people? The things we can learn. Just, just um, the technologies that in that man's suit could, could, could fix droughts. There's just so many implications of the things that these people bring with them. But a man as astute as yourself should realize the danger in that is these aren't real things. These are imagination. It's never things that were meant to exist. Oh, meant to exist. Who meant them or meant not meant them? We managed to reverse engineer from your fake T-1000 something. There's enough there that we can build on it. We have what I suspect you don't have. I believe there's things in our world that make it possible to do things that you can't do. Have you seen clockwork in your world? Have you seen elementals in your world? Not elementals, clockwork. Have you seen things come from different planes of existence? Have you seen hellhounds? Have you seen dragons? We have things in magic that your world doesn't have. I think we can make things possible that you guys only have in your imagination. It's a mute point. Valerian will never go for it. He's very, I, very staunchly against it. Yeah. Um, as much as fun as the philosophical <laughs> debate is, is there anybody else that you've spoken to that you think it would be beneficial for me to talk to? I know not the, not the robot guy. He's useless. No, he just keeps saying that he wants yeah, to kill you. I know. I know all about him. Can't talk to a puppet. The veteran only has a self-aware score of one. He's useless. Um, the chainsaw maniac doesn't really like to talk anything that resembles language. What about Heck? Heck? Uh, well, you see, we've given him a score of two. He's probably one of the more self-aware here. Can't think of many else that have a score of two. Oh, of course, there is uh, Nightmare 13. He, uh, we've given him a score of self-aware score of two as well. But he likes to toy with people. Very difficult to get information out of him. I think Heck's our best bet. He can be reasoned with. Well, uh, let's go over. He brings you to Heck's thing, and across the thing is a suitcase, a, uh, like a magnum, and a suitcase, I mean a guitar shot, case, a guitar, on the... the automatic shotgun uh, in his clothing. But he doesn't obviously have access to it, or it's just not loaded? or No, all that stuff's in a case across oh, gotcha, from gotcha. the room that he's put in. Everybody's equipment is across from them. He goes, here you go, Harry Heck. Uh, Harry Heck is a cold and pitiless killer who believes in a personal sense of honor. He wears a suit with an untucked blue button-down shirt, and he points to the uniform. He has black painted fingernails, which is a little bit odd, and a teardrop tattoo. Heck is a skillful car driver, able where the car is, we're not sure, but he's able to overcome anyone on the road and a capable gunman. He's also quite a skilled musician, which seems to be rather useless. Sort of reward, and as a personal signature toward his victim-to-be, he writes a song for him and, and sings it moments before the killing. He has access to a, a Terrace Model 689.44 Magnum, and he points to where you see it written on the Magnum, and a 12-gauge Striker shotgun, whose drum holds 12 rounds. We are not fan of him and the shotgun. No. Let me in with him. I assure you, he's quite harmless without the guns. SCP stands for... Secure Containment Protocol. 
There are many protocols, and none of them include going into the chamber with our SCPs. Uh, I hate to pull rank, but Valerian did tell me to do what I need to do to get more information. Oh, very well. I want a face-to-face. All right. Let me go make the preparations. And stay here. And he leaves, and he comes back with clockwork and uh, an elf and a um, half-orc. And uh, they open the door, and they go in, and they flank either side of the door. And then uh, next to those soldiers are the guys with the guns pointing at Heck. You go in, and the door closes behind you. All right, I have my mask off, by the way. I just took it off right. at this point. Is there, like, a table or anything, or is it just a, he has to just stand in a room? He has a chair. Is he sitting? Yeah, he is, and then he see like when he sees a red come in, he just kind of looks up at everybody with indignation. Indignation. Thank you, indignation. And then I walk in. He looks at you and raises an eyebrow. Good to see you again. Been a little while. I take out um, a hundred gold piece. Uh huh. And I kind of flip it to him. I owe you that. And he looks down and he goes. Oh, maybe that'll buy me a pack of cigarettes. I'm always a man that keeps a deal, unlike some people. Like I said, first time, the second time we met, never trust a deal hastily made. <laughs> well, as you can see, you find yourself in quite a bad situation here. A bit of a predicament. <clears throat> me, not so much. I've been to jail. You just do your time. There's always a way out. If you say so. I was wondering if you would want to uh, have a little parlay with me. Or if I'm just wasting my time, let me know. Parlay? What about? What about? Um, about who hired you to kill me? Covered this first time, I believe, uh, you on one end of a gun and I was on the other. Yep. Happened to forget? No. Kaiser Soze, right? Yeah. I just want to know more about him. I mean, just the name isn't so a So would we know. all, who knows more about Kaiser Soze, is a dead man. Well, I want to know how he contacted you, how you communicated with him, that sort of thing. Kind of like furrows his brow. I can't, can't rightly remember us so meeting. Kind of like the deal was always there. So you just woke up and knew you had to kill me and that it was a man named Kaiser Soze? That kind of like holds his head a little bit and goes... Um, no, no, yeah, maybe. I, I don't remember. Don't you find that a bit strange? I've come to find a lot of things strange in recent memory. People with big ears, people with green skin, and he looks over and points to two soldiers. Machines walking around, winged lizards. Shotgun still killed them, though. Well, I feel bad because you acted so rashly. I think you would have found if... Not trying to kill me for a man that you can't even remember meeting with hiring you. This might have worked out better for you. Kind of not till this moment that I gave it any thought to remember that I don't remember. What did you come here for just to taunt me? Rub it in my face that I'm in the cage and you're not? No. I came for information, but clearly you don't seem to have very much. I'd rather not see you stay in here to the rest of your days, but... Unless you can tell me something useful, I think that's how it's going to be. And I assure you, you will not escape. Well, I don't think I can tell you much. But I think I could tell them a thing or two about you. <laughs> could you now? Yeah, I believe I could. Of course, keep my mouth shut costs a lot more than a pack of cigarettes. Oh, what's it cost? 
don't know. I sure would like a change of view. I look at David. We could just as easily cut out his tongue. <laughs> I'll tell you what. You know what often keeps me quiet at night when I want to speak a lot? Music. You give me my guitar and I think I don't feel like telling nobody nothing about you. All they give me here is a chair. You don't know how maddening that is to have nothing but a chair. And padded walls. White walls. Everything's white. You give me my guitar, give me something to do for my duration and incarceration. I don't think I feel like talking to nobody. Not about you. Is Suchan in the room? No, he's, he's not entering the room. He's looking in through the window. Well, forgive me, but I can't possibly imagine what it is. You think you could tell them that worries me. Well, if I was to tell you, they'd be telling them now, wouldn't I? And he points to two guys behind you. All I want is a guitar. How hard is a guitar for something that may or may not be a problem to you? Why take the risk? Well, at least have some humanity, man. <laughs> man, you're trying to make a trade and you have nothing to trade. You've been here this whole time and you could have burned me with something that you're, you're claiming you know. And Until you did. just about now, I didn't know they gave a fuzz about you. No, I find that hard to believe. Oh? They ain't well, never talked about you. They ain't never said nothing about you. All their questions are all about is me, where I'm from, and what I look at, and what I see. You're from a man's imagination. He just kind of looks puzzled. <laughs> well, it's been nice chatting with you. Enjoy being in here without a guitar. And oh. if you ever change your mind and think there's something I might want to know, you just let them know, and I'll hear you out. God darn it. Other than that, you can keep the gold piece and uh, have a nice life. Enjoy your life decisions. Now you wait one Jimmy second. What do you want from me? Well, get that guitar in my hands. The same offer I'm making some of your other friends here. Tell me something I don't know. I don't know what you know and don't know. I don't know who Kaiser Soze is. Or where to find him. Or how to find him. Neither do I. I wish I could tell you. I'd spill the beans right here and right now. How about how you got here? What was the last thing you remember before you were here? He Chasing looks down the Punisher around? And he furrows his brow again. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I was in a, I was in a car crash with him. With Frank Castle? Yes, that son of a gun. And then you wake up he here. He had a knife. That down guy had a ballistic knife. You never see that one coming. And then you wake up here, and you have some weird inclination to kill me. But you don't remember anything in between those I was hired things. to kill you. I... I, guess I, don't, I don't remember the hiring. I can't tell you why. Do you know what you were supposed to do after you killed me? Collect Where were you going to go to collect your pay? Yeah, I, don't, I, I, I don't know. <sighs> Harry, Harry, Harry. This is twice now. Trying so hard to help you, but you make it so hard. I, I don't know what you want me to say. <sighs> I... He's on 4th and 7th over on the blue house with the wheel <laughs> red window. I don't know what you want me to say. Mm -mm -mm. Sorry, buddy. You are less than useless. His name is David Benjamin Cohen. He has a daughter. Her name is Lucy. He has another daughter. Her name is Elsa. His wife is Jamie, and she hates bugs. How's that for a taste of what I can tell him about you? That's just the top, the little stuff that no one cares about. Get me my damn guitar. I stand up, right? Yeah. And I don't know if you've ever seen this happen before, but I kick the 
leg of the chair, like with the one back leg, like I break it. You ever see what happens when you do that? I guess they fall backwards. Like hard though. Okay. And when he falls backwards, I kind of come right down on him with the armor. Uh-huh. You know? Like yeah, yeah, yeah. His chin and I'm just like grinding his head. Like choking him out? Not choking him, just pain, just pushing it All right. up. Like uh. I take my gun out and I kind of push it down into his groin. Uh, like all the guys come forward. And before they even grab me or anything, I just look them dead in the eye and I'm like, there's a lot worse things I can do than kill you. <laughs> wow, man, intense. Uh, I, I think say, he, could, he couldn't really speak like that anyway, could he? No, and then I, I don't want him to speak. And then I say, say my wife's name again. I dare you to. And I loosen up just enough so he can talk. And I'm like, put, I like push down with the gun. Machines grab you in your arms and pull you off of him. And I'm like yelling at him. I'm like, say your name again. <laughs> say it again. Say what again? I dare you. <laughs> I double dog dare you. What does Marcellus look like? <laughs> does he look like? All right. Uh, Harry, I kind of like goes over and he like coughs and he's like holding his face. <laughs> I, I calmly walk out of the room and I look at Dr. Su Chong. Oh, yeah, the door with Su Chong rushes in. Touched a nerve, I think. I just kind of turn. Once the things have me off, I assume they kind of loosen up. Mm -hmm. I just walk out and I go, where's his guitar? It's in the case? Yeah, it's in the case. Ah, so can I see it? And Su Chong goes, why? We what? can't give him anything. Matter of fact, I'm we're taking that give gold it. away from him. I promise you I'm not going to give it to him. Can I see it? No more antagonizing. He's... Oh, well, I knew I shouldn't have broken protocol. Get the gold out of there. Somebody give him medical <laughs> attention. I I just walk out. All right, you and Thorne walk away. And then I'm just kind of like, ah. <laughs> anyone else you want me to talk to? <laughs> Su Chong's back there. You left him. It's you and Thorne. Oh, I did? Yeah. I didn't mean to leave him. I just left the room. Oh, I thought you said like you walked away. No, I walked out of the room. Oh, okay. And Su Chong goes, you want me to talk to? Uh, no, I believe that's quite enough. Told Valerian, Valerian didn't tell you about my uh, temperament? No. And you will not be breaking any more protocols. No more face-to-faces. I don't think there's anyone else worth talking to anyway. I don't think it'll be very cooperative from now on. <laughs> he doesn't know anything. He's less than useless. The information you find valuable to you is not the only information we find valuable to us. Well, how are you going to reverse engineer just a regular guy? We'd like to know what way he thinks, what he knows... What the world's like for him. What the world was like for him. And you All see, right. like, he's writing something on a clipboard. Is it the same clipboard that goes with the door? No. It's a separate one that hit it with him. All right, Darren, let's go. I don't think I'm... I think I've learned everything I'm going to learn here. Right away, Master. All right, and I head back out the way we came. All right. Back to... I put my mask back on. Back to Valerian? Yeah. Well, do I know where he went? Yeah. You know where the office he left. All right, back to Valerian. All right. You go, and Valerian looks up and says, Learn anything new? A little bit. Of all the people you have here, Freeze is the only one that really knows anything as far as what's going on. Of course, he only wishes now to bargain his freedom for the knowledge. And he seems pretty convinced that there is nobody behind it. This is just some sort of cosmic rift. He wants his freedom in exchange for information. He wants his freedom basically in exchange for Kaiser Soze. Well, we'll have your Soze soon, I'm sure. Well, we'll keep it on the, uh, in, our, in our minds in case our hunter killers do fail. If but they I do fail, doubt the keepers will. My advice is I think it's a valid offer. 
I think he'll make good. Letting someone from your world just run free. Someone who's shown aptitude for killing things. Who has he killed besides trying to kill me? No one. I don't think, yeah, I don't think that's his He's his built want. as, like, he doesn't, he's not like a, a mechanic and just brought in a bunch of tools. He's someone designed to kill people. But he's self-aware and he doesn't want to die. He can be controlled. I know you appreciate strong things that can be controlled. Well, we'll keep it as an option. But other than that, uh, no, I think I've gleaned all I can from these people. Well, please convey everything you learned to Su Chong. I'm sure he would love to hear it. He observed. He knows. I see. <laughs> I think he learned a lot about me, too. Oh? Yeah, you know my style a little bit. <laughs> yes, I believe I'm aware. Your gun stayed in the holster, yes? Uh, it came out, but it was just for show. I had no intention on using it. Especially since we know what'll happen anyway, right? This is true. Pointless. You've now seen the secure facility, our method of dealing with things that further come from your world, and our method for dealing with the people in the north. Guess the only thing left to do is to do. So you want me to return to the north and begin this process? Yes. We'll meet, we'll say, once a week. Come down to my palace. We'll talk. Speaking of which, uh, Tharn, my friend here, had a good idea that I think might actually aid in this um, situation. What if we set up embassies and sort of got them used to the Empire's presence in Antioch that way? Uh, then we could meet in the embassies and it would kind of be in secret. More like people think delegates are meeting, but we'll be meeting. Not a foolish idea. Not an idea without merit. Yes, let's do that. Good job, Tharn. <laughs> when I get back, I'll have the embassy started, and if you do the same there, then we can meet in either one at any time. And that way there won't be rumors of the King of the North meeting in the palace of this empire and all uh, this. Remember, thing. Oroku, there is no more King of the North. You're going to clear that little misconception up. Yes. Very well. Work quickly. And, I'm, of course, I've already made preparations to have my men come over and handle your plague situation. It will be done. As for your group of marauders, unless they attack your lands, we're not going to step in. If they do, we'll step in and we'll handle them. Very handily. And it'll be a nice little show for your people. I've already sent word. Very good. Well, David, I've had so much to tell you and now I find I have nothing left. <laughs> I think we're on the same page. Pleased. Very pleased. You know, doesn't go well when I have to go to bed. I had to sleep next to that innocent, that, that being a pure innocence, and I have to think about what I have to do tomorrow. I'm just saying that you have helped me sleep better tonight, knowing that not as many people are going to die. I'm glad to hear it. And I'm glad to hear people aren't going to die. I think we all want the same thing. Security, peace. These are righteous and noble things to want. Oh, one other thing. I learned, or the, I should say I confirmed that I think you should know. Oh. I believe in the end, the only true way to stop any of this is if I am returned to my world alive, my understanding is it's like a plug, like it would stop this altogether. How much desire do you have to return to your world? A strong desire, but I know that I now have two purposes. I can't return until we know for sure. I don't want to return if it if it somehow 
destroys this world just to get me home. What progress have you made on the ring? The ring's gone. It's gone. Yeah. How upsetting. It was used. I'll put it to my wizards again, but they'll probably give me the same answer they gave me last time. I'll give them some more motivation. Oh, and one other thing I just <laughs> learned. I know that you... I already know you, you are a very careful man, but I would be very careful about Su Chung. Oh? His obsession with these things, his ambitions with these things, I don't think are in line with your way of thinking. Of course. He has an unhealthy admiration for this. I think you'll find that um, that is sometimes what it's required to have great things done. That sort of obsession. These are very dangerous, dangerous. I don't have to tell you things, and you're putting a very <laughs> questionable man at the handle of a lot of power. I do have a, a final word for you, David. Yes. Be very careful with your life. If you're right, we can cause some very big problems. And in the end, you're just very unique. I mean, watching you throw caution to the wind and risk your life in the north was, was painful to me. You're one of a kind in this world, or others. And your misguided sense of altruism sends you to your doom. It's like watching Friedrich Jan die in a house fire in a vain attempt to save his cat. Don't be foolish with your life. I won't. I'll have you sent back to your, to your home. Build your embassy quickly, as I will do mine. Thank you. Do as I have ordered you. And I think this world is one step closer to peace. One step closer to handling the next thing that comes to us. Peace in our time. Oh, I have one more question. Who watched Ultron recently? Yes. Why is it here? Why is what here? Like, is there something special about the Lich's castle? Why it's secluded. <laughs> it even has a reputation of being a Lich's castle. Keeps people away from it. It's kind of not really anyone's territory. If these things did happen to break out, we'd have a while to respond. And that is why thing, it's here. Remember the thing the Lich was building here that's not related? Oh, no. Matter of fact, that thing, that thing's quite interesting. What was that? Would you like to see it? Yes. Come with me. And uh, you go into like a place that has like a big, almost like vault door. A thing is put in and it's rolled aside. And you see it's that black room where the hands came out and grabbed you and pulled you through. Mm -hmm. um, prepare yourself. This isn't exactly comfortable. And he walks to it and a hand grabs Valerian and pulls him through. And you guys Not, all... Yeah. Walk through and hands come out, grab you and pull you through. They drop you off on the top of some sort of cliff. And this is back where you fought the Lich. Yeah. You see the big pools of water everywhere. Kind of reminiscent for me because I just finished editing that. Um, and the big arch thing. The big arch thing far in the distance. And you see there's like camps and stuff all around it, like almost like um, an archaeological dig. And he goes... Um, as you guys are traversing that three, that a very far distance, um, he goes. A lot of runes on this thing point to. Um, <laughs> I hate to say to you as the world otherworldly. For now, it has such connotations between you and I, but very uh, strange. Uh, a lot of runes are similar to things that one would use in summoning. So our best guess, this portal was meant to bring something through. And if it's a portal this big, it's either something very big or a lot of it. So we're trying to figure out exactly what he wanted to bring through. But as you know, it's been quite some time since we've been here and we've yet to figure it out. Even scarier question, from where? Yes. And what about the, the soul gems? The 
Did you see the room of the pit of soldiers? Yes, yes. When we uh, we renovated the castle, we explored all of what he had there. Our best guess to the purpose of him is we think that he was using the souls, that the people that we gave him, and he would give them souls and then put them to work to build this thing. I mean, this thing is massive. It took a very long time to just get this far. He must have needed a lot of workers. That's our guess of what he did with all us, the, the bodies we gave him. Where he got the souls, poor unfortunate ones as they were, who knows. I'm just glad we're not paying him anymore. That we don't have to hear the roar of dragons every day. Where are the dragons? I've had my men track them. Dragons are difficult things. They, I mean, in one way they're not difficult. They seek treasure, so they're going to go try to find treasure. But they seem not to be coordinated. Well, each of them seems to be doing their own thing at the moment. A few of them have gathered together, but... You know one showed up in the north when I was there. Is that right? And was killed. Hmm. But that was before I became a Roku, so I wasn't really privy to what exactly happened. I guess they're exploring the world with their newfound freedom. And getting themselves killed. Eh. One less dragon, right? Right? <laughs> it concerns me not. It's as if a wolf got itself killed. What do I care about animals do? As long as they're not trying to attack me, I'll leave it alone. True that. But surely this is reminiscent for you. Is this where you battle the lich, of course, yes? Yeah, yeah. You found some interesting relics here. And no sign of uh, the lich is definitely gone, right? Yes, we I, found I, his, his shattered phylactery along with a very interesting staff. Oh, good, because I was told that sometimes necromancers can be a little tricky in the whole death department. <laughs> yes, quite. I mean, in the end, whoever really heard of a necromancer that really died, you can always bring them back, but it would take something very purposefully trying to bring him back. Okay. Interesting. I was wondering about that thing ever since we left. Yes, well, we're still wondering, but we're, we've gotten some answers for you. Because the man in white sure seemed interested in him. We're going to destroy it as soon as we learn everything we can from it, but until then we'll leave it be. Continue to look at it, try to figure out what exactly was supposed to come through. Okay. We're expecting it's something related to hell, because there was a lot of demons in his castle, and demons don't often make our world their nesting grounds. Dead demons, which I take it you were responsible for. <laughs> yeah. There was one you didn't kill, and of course that thing gave us a little bit of trouble. I'm sorry, which one was that? Uh, the Wendigo. The Wen Oh, yeah, that guy. It was not in the castle, but it was in the woods, and it, like, it terrorized some of our men. Yeah, our GM really punished us for touching that thing. <laughs> I forgot about that. That thing sucked. The Wendigo, codename Winnebago. <laughs> Codename Winnebago, I remember that. When pain in the ass. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I have some really cool sound effects for uh, when it brings you, when when you go back in time and realize it was a dream. Anyway. Yeah, that that was not cool, that thing. <laughs> That's the only thing we never killed, right? That's the only thing that really like messed with us that we ended up just like giving yeah, up on. Peacing out? Yep, that's yeah. correct. Chickened out. If we had done it now, I would have killed it. We would have stayed. We, well, were just we were just babies back then. We didn't know. Yeah. Well, uh, then we would not be having this conversation we'd be having now. <laughs> that would have been a TPK? That, yes, I thought I made that rather clear. It's not killable? It's, it's, it's killable if you're its level. You're its very high level. Oh, gotcha. It's the DR-15. Thaddeus literally, every time I attacked, it didn't do damage. I told him that, and he continued to do it. <laughs> I didn't know what else to do. Not wake it up. I didn't know what else to do, so I kept shooting myself. It's something, right? Uh, all right. At least, at least I got turned into a Winnebago. Where would you like my wizards to bring you back to? A, a question, Your Majesty. Yes, Thorin. Where, where are these relics being kept? 
Oh, that's something I would not tell you. And I would not like to tell a great deal many people. The less people know, the better. Of course. Um, taking that damn staff. Send us back to uh, Antioch. I'll get it started. Next time we get together, you and I, we should go for a walk a night in the town or something. It doesn't always have to be business between us. Well, I don't roll that way, but I mean, I'll hang out with you. <laughs> <laughs> of course you don't. I've no. seen the ring. <laughs> well, that'll be the good thing about these embassies. It'll give us a chance to um, break away from our pomp and circumstance, as it were. Well, know that you have an ally here, and if you have problem with those vampires and werewolves, that we will be your aid. Thank you, I appreciate it. You won't even need to summon us. We'll keep an eye on it. But I haven't killed anything in quite a long time, so kind of looking forward to it, to be honest. (laughs) Don't let your bloodthirst get the better of you, David. Remember, stay alive. I haven't killed anyone since 1984. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, You sure you have nothing you wish to do here anymore? Darn. Seeing anything I'm missing? Apprentice? My Padawan? Padawan? Yes, yes, your majesty. He calls me these interesting names from time to time. I'm not sure what they mean. Oh, yeah. One of the good things about being the Orokusakis, I'm making them speak my vernacular instead of always having to figure out yours. <laughs> interesting. Orokusaki. I never thought you'd come to that. You've come yeah, far, David. kind of fell into it, you know? Well, That's from right. one leader to another, be good. History will remember you. Be excellent to each other. And party on, dudes. <laughs> All right. To Antioch. All right. You, you guys are teleported, and you're back in your stronghold. All right. And your entire posse from back in the palace was... Question is, what do you do? I kill myself to ensure the destruction of this world. <laughs> I go... <laughs> My favorite part of that... And I totally wasn't even like planning for any of that. Was uh, your interaction with <laughs> Heck? I like yeah. after that, say my wife's name again, and you have the gun in his groin. <laughs> what do I do? Get a little miffed at that. I go to the stronghold. Yeah, you're there. I didn't want him to teleport me there because I didn't want him to know where it was. Okay. So I, yeah, I, I tele- all right. Just in the the entrance to the town. That's what I meant. Yeah. So I go to the stronghold. Okay. Uh, what's going on and there? I don't say it every time, but when you go through the woods, of course, the guardian lets yeah. you through. So what's going on at the stronghold? They got it back. Uh, everything's back up and running. Um, yeah, the stronghold's been rebuilt. Um, I think right now everybody's kind of like uh, preparing for the marauders. So you slept. It was day. So we're gonna say it's like late afternoon, early evening. I kind of lost track. How long have we been gone? Only two days. Okay, cool. And the marauders will come at the end of the week. All right, I call. I go in. Call. You know, Tassadar, everyone. Staff meeting. All right, Tassadar's happy to take Staff off the uniform. Meeting. I come bearing good news. The Emperor didn't kill me. We are, of course, pleased to hear that. I did review, but he knows who I am. All right, so who's everyone? Tassadar and... Me, Tassadar, Lightning. Okay. My dogs. Of course. Tharin. All, all the inner circle. All right. The core group, as it were. <laughs> yeah. I met with the Emperor and uh, revealed myself. As I thought it was necessary at this point. You see, like, Tassadar's face changes. Yeah, I know, I know, Tassadar. Relax. It was inevitable. And um, they're going to send people to help with the plague, as they are very experienced in dealing with the plague. Grandmaster, no doubt this is just an attempt to have their troops in our lands. I'm very aware of what they want to do, but I assure you that um, I'm on top of it. I understand. You're just going to have to roll with me on this. 
course, Grandmaster. I'm handling the Emperor, but yes, that's exactly what he's trying to do. But since it's not a secret, it doesn't create an advantage for him. We're well aware of what he's doing. So at the moment, we have to um, acquiesce to a point, because again, he could just invade. So at least we control some of the pieces on the board this way. So what we're going to do is we're going to allow it. And the good news is he really will take care of these people. Because I've been to the Plague Lands. They do care for these people they are taken care of. So he will give the non-infected potions to keep us uninfected. And the infected will be moved to the Plague Lands where they will be cared for. I've witnessed it myself. They're taking them away from our homes? It's the only way. If we don't, the plague will engulf us. Why don't we create a place here for them in their country? We don't have the resources. Then we have to feed them. We have to care for them. We have to continually guard against the spread of infection. Of course, you are wise, Grandmaster. This is the only way. And then also, he will, if the Horde invades our land, he has made promises that his soldiers will dispatch them. Hmm. So let They're willing to die for us. Yeah, I, I think what you have to understand about the Emperor is he's not a bad man. And I do believe he wants peace between our lands. I, I agree maybe his ambition gets the better of him sometimes, but he's not looking to be a taskmaster. But yes, he does want better, a more accommodating relationship between our lands. I think your commonness blinds you, Grandmaster. Wow, that's pretty ballsy for Tassadar. You know, I wanted to say this, like, I can't figure a way in character to say this. I'm just going to tell you as from Caleb to David. Like, you say to people, like, um, why is everyone so afraid to talk around me? And then somebody says something, and you're like, you would talk to me like that? And later when he goes, well, Grandmaster, you're like, hey, just say what you're thinking. You keep giving me mixed messages. How do you want Tassadar to talk to you? Well, just because I give the permission doesn't mean that they're like, oh, okay, then, like, I'm just overnight. I'm cool now. <laughs> no, it's fine. Um, I hear you, but you're going to have to trust me on this. I am – I do want – your advice, but at the end of the day, I am Oroku I am the Saki. So we will, at least for the moment, continue to abide. And what we're going to do is, one of the things I did to sort of hold off on, a, on an occupation, as it were, we are going to build an embassy here. And they are going to build an embassy there. And we are going to continue to meet and talk through delegates about seeing if we can have some sort of arrangement where basically they stay on their side of the line and we stay on ours, but we are friends. Grandmaster, An alliance. Grandmaster, these are seeds. These are going to grow. These are the beginnings of him. The empire under every, every emperor has done nothing but consume. And that's what it will do again. And I understand that. And I, I even told him that directly. But here's the thing. This is what he has his eyes set to now. So I'm open. Are you willing? Are you think we're prepared in open warfare against him? No. Then we have to play the game until a time where you think we have an advantage. Right now, if we say no and we just pretend like he's not there, this is going to get a lot worse. I speak for myself as Tassadar and not as for the voice of people or anyone else. But I'd rather die on my feet than live on my knees. This it's is our land. I understand. And it's my responsibility now as a Rokusaki to not let everyone die. Because you will die. There, if there was... <laughs> if I saw any way for us 
to keep him out or to win an open warfare, then I would say I'm with you. But he goes to your desk and pulls out the list and puts it and goes, "These people. What about these people?" Exactly. We keep building this information. We're not there yet. We're not there yet. Right now, we would just be lashing out, and all would do is put ten thousand clockwork at our border tomorrow, and we would all die, and the land would be lost anyway. We can. Now is the perfect time to strike. Now he thinks we're cooperating. He'll never think it's us. We, we take his eye off of the north. I'll think on it. For now, build the embassy. Let the people know at the border that if the horde comes across, that the emperor's troops will fight them and not to view them as enemies. And we will allow them to contain the plague. And then we'll go from there. As the emperor speaks, it shall be done. I'm the emperor? I'm sorry, sorry. As Oroku speaks, it shall be done. Yeah, I thought he was being sarcastic there for a second. Another thing is I want to oh, continue. I'm not that clever. <laughs> I want to continue to lift the veil. I wish to rule the people directly. What do you mean, Grandmaster? Not, not through, no more secrets. There is no reason to have a secret imaginary king anymore. The emperor already knows. Grandmaster, that has been a tradition longer than several of your predecessors. Well, I went and met with the predecessors, and they are quite aware of what I'm doing and why. I don't understand. You don't need to understand. I'm the Saki. <laughs> so I'm moving into the castle. We'll have to make it something. Right now it's just an empty shell. Make it something. Of course. We'll make it worthy of a, of a grandmaster. And oh, so we'll go from there. So right now we are doing embassy cooperating with the empire to uh, contain the plague and alerting the men at the borders shall be done and then uh where's suko oh suko pink and everything grandmaster oh yeah but i forgot to mention like when you're in the stronghold it's like being decorated (laughs) goes suko my lord i fear that no one but you can hold her back well i think the sooner we let her have this party the sooner we can get it back to normal so let's get this party on over with. She has the party set for a week after, a week and four days. Then let's just do the party, and the sooner we do the party, the sooner we'll just get everything back the way it was. Or actually, we're I'm moving. I'm putting my back. foot down. We're not inviting anyone from the Empire in this party. We are not. <laughs> this is a party for us to celebrate this is our peace. Party. Yes. And um, you can continue with the other preparations we had already started as far as the information gathering, but now I can't stress enough how. More important it is to be very, very, very careful about how we go about getting it. Um, before you ask, Grandmaster, for I know this will be on your mind, Tass, uh, Zeratul has not come back with any information, and we have nothing to tell you of Kaiser Soze. He has been eluding even the birds. Well, I assume you're already trying as hard as you can, but if I can add any extra motivation, this whole situation with the Empire, it's all connected. So the sooner we can get our own answers, the less we need... To lean on them. I'm supposed to get a report tomorrow of another location of a factory. Okay. Um, like I said, just keep... You can keep on that path, but now more than ever, it must be never discovered that we're doing that. That would cause an instant war, and then you'd have your wish to die for your land. Lightning, uh, his interpreter, um, this Grandmaster. Lightning wishes to speak. And he speak. <laughs> okay, let him speak. Man, everyone has to permission to speak. Two seconds ago, you just said a guy had the balls to talk to you that way. This is what happens. Um, I said I was impressed. I didn't yell at him about it. How was the emperor? I remember we saw him before. 
I got to admit, I was kind of surprised. He was happy to see me, and he let us in on quite a lot. So, and he let me leave. So, those are all good things. That is a good thing. That is a good thing. This stuff is all beyond me. I don't know why you're including me, but I really appreciate that you are. I'm sorry I don't have any advice, but thank you for including me. That's lightning saying that? Yeah. You're not here necessarily to advise. I just feel like you've earned a right at this table, and so you have it. Thank you very much. All right. Everybody get to work. (laughs) Chop, chop. Are you waiting for something? I believe I told you to do something. I look at David. If there will be nothing else, Master. Nope. Go do what you want. I bow and I grab my book so that I borrow it and bring him down to Zeratul. Ugh. All right. Hey, Brian. You want to play role-playing games tonight? I can't. My body's trapped in this strange membrane. Wow. Should I take you to a doctor? Nah. It feels really good. Just put my earbuds in. No, that's just wrong. But here at Tales from the Lich, we're all right. When you can't play, listen. TalesFromTheLich.com <sighs> That's just wrong. Alright, you go to Zeratul. I come into the library, I kind of like open the door and I'm like peeking in. Mm-hmm. To see if I can see him. He is at a table that looks like some sort of enchanting table or something. I approach with the books. Master Zeratul. And I give a low bow. Oh, if it isn't Thorin, the son of Vermithrax. Good to see you. You as well, Master Zeratul. How have, how have you been kept? Oh, you know I could use some more sleep, but I shall never rest until the work for the Grandmaster is finished. Of course. I came to return your books and I left up the stack. Oh, thank you. I hope you found the information useful and learned what you wish to learn. Oh, incredibly useful, Master. Thank you. I sense you came not only to return the books... Have you heard of the new situation developing with the Empire? I have not. My work keeps me often very secluded. I fill him in on all the information. Ooh, interesting. Ooh, disconcerting that we work so close with our enemy. I could not agree more. I'm surprised Tassadar would allow it. It was above his objections, let me assure you. No, of course, of course. Why are you telling me this? I find as the lore keeper, you could serve the Orokusaki better with this information. The Orokusaki, I find, as powerful and a commanding as he is, is not all-knowing and must be protected against himself from time to time. You know, the last Oroku had some very different thoughts about the way things should be done. He kept the traditions, though. Even he had the respect for the ways we did things. I mean, she killing us, not exactly the way we do things, but madness takes hold in the end. Of course. A people's traditions are often their most sacred. One must dabble with them and change them as little as possible. Well, that's what they've what brought us here. We wouldn't be here without them. Indeed. Too many people want to change the way things work, even though they already work. I have a saying, if it isn't broke, don't fix it. Then he points to the Baroque period architecture. Yeah, because look at all the knowledge around us. Notice I'm the only one here. Well, now you are. No one comes to learn. How many things could we avoid? I guarantee you come back to me in a week after I've managed this whole business with finding the black books. And I can find exactly this situation that the Kosaki's doing going bad somewhere else. I'm telling you, nobody looks back the way things used to do and learns from past mistakes. 
I agree with you heartily. I would say that if there was someone else who was in charge, I do believe that they would take time to in encourage knowledge and avoid such mistakes. Well, you know, we just spoke of how so highly of tradition we can't go ahead and start turning on our faces and talk badly about the tradition of well, the succession of the Grandmaster. Of course. I, I could not, of course. If he was managed to kill Lasaroku, then he is in charge. And we must obey him. Disagree or disagree, disagree or agree, we do what he says. Indeed. But a little initiative never hurt anyone. This is true. Oh, there you find. I find that they mostly appreciate when you go about doing things that help them without them knowing. They're delightfully surprised. Imagine if tomorrow I came back with not only one black book, but seven of them. He'd be so delighted, even though he only told me to get one. Of course. Is there anything that I could get you, Master Zeratul, in the meantime? I could you use the Eye of a Basilisk, if you come across that. Don't look at it, but I could use it. I'll see what I can do, Master. You look at your turn of stone, it's a big old mess. Of course. I was also wondering if I could borrow another text from you. Oh, borrow what you wish. I trust you, Thorin. Thank you, Master Zeratul. Your trust is something that is most coveted by me. I appreciate that statement, Thorin. You've earned it. You're a good man. I like you. <laughs> Thank you, Master Zeratul. And I, uh... Tell your father I would love to talk with him. I never had a conversation with him, and I bet he has much I could learn. Dragons live a long time, don't they? Of course. He's several hundred years old himself. I'm sure he's learned things that I could use. I'll see what I can do about setting up a, uh, a date for lunch someday. Oh, that's fantastic. Thank you so much, Thorin. Of course. No, I'm very busy. I must, of course, get back to the Grandmaster's duties. Then I shall let you do it. I would not want to distract you further from your work. I give a very low bow. Thank you very much, Thorin. And he bows to you. And I think my voice changes every time I do him. I don't think we have very consistency with Zeratul's voice. Now he's a bit of an old man. A bit of an eccentric old man. I'm a little excited about everything. Maybe a little bit British. Is that some tea? Oh, I love crumpets. <laughs> very excited about this whole thing. The Royal Navy. Yes, very much so. Cannot be beat. Yes, cheerio. Good folks. Onward, forward, always forward. Those Germans. We'll get those Germans yet. So about that Hitler. That Hitler's bad seed. That Hitler. Now on to the dirigible races. <laughs> That's great. Yeah, but I, I let him be, and I, I grab a book or two. Okay. Uh, first one on how to kill a basilisk and harvest its eye. <laughs> cool. Uh, and the second one on the traditions of the Lin Kuei. Okay. All right, but that'll mean in-game-wise, if ever a thing comes up with that, I'll let you make a knowledge check at a plus 10 regardless, if you have cool. the knowledge check or not. Okay. I So now I have a plus 5 on a first diplomacy roll with the Empire, mm -hmm. and a plus 10 knowledge check. Sweet! Yay! All right, cool. So how is Sozul? Zeratul, you Philistine. <laughs> he is quite well. He continues the search for the Black Book. And the Macrobe. Indeed. And I, I lift up a couple books. I'm going to see if I can get a favor done for him, if possible. Oh, yeah? What favor? He needs, a he needs an eye of a basilisk. I don't okay. suppose we have one of those laying around, <clears throat> do we? I don't even know what that is. I, I, uh, I'm laying on my bed. I slide one of the books across the stone floor across the marble floor to him as I'm reading the other one. It's a lizard that can turn things to stone by looking at it. Okay. How important is this? He didn't say, but he said he needed it. So. Now, if I get him this, he's not going to like kill 20 people? Not to my knowledge. He didn't mention, though. And I assume you don't know anything about this thing? No, he just said I, I asked him if he needed anything done, uh, if he needed any favors and he said he needed an eye of a basilisk. So I, I said, I'll see what I can do. Okay, then see if you can figure it out. You got it. I wouldn't mind killing a basilisk. I haven't killed anything in a while. 
I like how Valerian's like, don't be fruitless, don't be foolish with your life. On the off chance somebody wants a basilisk, you're gonna go fight a thing that can turn you to stone. Eh. What is he need for? I don't know. Let's do it. He says let's, that the whole. He says that. Let's do it. Valerian always says that, and I'm always. It's true. You definitely keep. You're being consistent. I wouldn't be the Orokusaki if I wasn't. This is true, David. You're like at night walking over. You're finishing up some things last minute, so you didn't go to bed quite as when you wanted to. And you go over, and you hear screaming, like blood-curdling screaming coming from a girl. What do you mean? Like I'm in the stronghold? Yeah. And I hear the screaming of a girl? Yeah. Okay, I run to the... Not run. I go to the screaming. All right, you go to screaming, and it soon becomes rather aware that, that this is Suko. And you go over, and you see that there's, like, her room. That's just her room. She isn't like what everybody else has you requested. And her two bodyguards are outside the door. And when they see you coming, like, they stand aside. We don't hear the screaming? My lord, this happens every night. Okay, I open the door. All right, she is just, like, tossing in the bed, and you see, like, she's gripping the bed really hard. Uh, like crumpling the sheets in her hand, she's screaming, "No, no!" I go over and wake her up. You jostle her. She kind of like her eyes go open and uh, and she goes and she like hits you on the chest, and then like sees it's you and she's like, "David!" And she's crying. She's like just bawling her eyes out and she buries her head in her chest. He's back, <laughs> Freddie's back. <laughs> she's like just burying her head in her chest and her arms are just like clawing at you. That, that can't be. He is. And this time, David, this time, and she looks up at you and her eyes are just full of water. She says, uh, this time he changed the way he looked. And he looked, he turned to a man dressed all in white. He's wearing a suit of white. And he took me into a pit, a deep, deep pit. And, and there, there was, there was fire. And, and he left me and, and I was alone, David. I was utterly and completely alone. And it burned. Uh, I kind of look her over to see if it... No, nothing. Nothing? If it's Freddy, it's Freddy, I know. Did he say that? I know it's him. A man in white, huh? Did he talk to you? No. He just took me to that awful place. Nothing but blackness and fire. Mm-mm-mm. And then she just spends the next couple minutes crying in your chest and holding you. Okay, I just, I stay with her, but I don't say anything else. How long you stay with her? Until she calms down. All right. All right, so after like three minutes, she like calms down enough where she's not actively crying. She's like wiping tears away. I look at her and I go, listen, it's not Freddy. You don't know that. He could be back. I know it. I just saw Freddy. It's not Freddy. You saw him? I saw him. You see, he's back. He's in your dreams too now. No, I saw him in this world. He's not back. I, I assure you. I don't understand. We killed him. Well, that part I can't explain, but Valerian has him. It doesn't make any sense. Captured. But you said it was a man in white, in a white suit. Yes. This is the man that brought me here. I don't know why he would do that. And you said he said nothing? Nothing. He just took me. David, you don't make any sense. Freddy can't be... We killed him, and the only way he can be is either in our dreams. There's no way you can have him somewhere and and this guy brought you back i don't know what you're talking about i know i know it's confusing but you have to listen to me now this man i, I don't know what this man wants i'm sorry it's not freddy i don't i don't want to go back to sleep and this has been happening every night ever since we came back to the stronghold i keep having dreams freddy freddy or the man in white 
This is the first time he turned into the man in white. Before it was Freddy. It's always Freddy. He haunts me. I'm sorry. Let, let me, uh, I'll look into this for you. See if there's something I can do. I just want to sleep, David. I understand. I kind of say, are you going to be okay? Uh, I, if you can, I'm sure you're not going to fall back asleep tonight. Uh, I'll see what I can do to help you. Um, I'm, I think I'll go see Ichiro. Ichiro? Ichiro, her boyfriend. Oh, if that brings you comfort, then you should. He always knows what to say. Okay, then go. I'll see what I can do. He always knows what to say to piss off the sake. <laughs> I, I go to, um, I can't remember her name, the girl, the nurse. All right. As you go to leave, uh, you know, she leaves the room and the bodyguards are with her. You see lightning is, is sitting, uh, is, like, leaning up against the wall. And he sees you come out. And his interpreter's there. And he goes, hey, hey David. Yes. Take it. It's your first time seeing this, huh? Yes. How long has this been going on? Uh, best I can figure, ever since uh, she was tortured by that Ashitaka guy. Ever since she was tortured by the Ashitaka guy. Okay. I want to talk to you about Suko while you're here. Okay. I'm worried about her. I've seen it before. You hide the pain with somebody, but as soon as that person goes away, you feel even worse than before. Right now, she looks happy, but inside she's hurting. And if at any point Achiro breaks up with her, I'm afraid of what she'll do. I don't think she'll handle it very well. I think it's a superficial cover-up for her real problem. And what's her real problem? I don't know, man. She went through a lot. She's broken, and she's gluing herself together with a glue that could come undone at any minute. And as I know you, you call you call her daughter, she calls you dad. You're just the only person I can come to think of to talk to about this. She needs you now. You're somebody solid. You're somebody who cares about her for real. Who knows if Ichiro loves her or it's just an adolescent fever. Mm-hmm. I think you got to let her know that you care about her. And that... So if he does break up with her, she still has you. She gotcha. needs something to live for more than this boy. He's a good kid, don't get me wrong. I've, I've kind of kept an eye on the two. Thanks, I appreciate that. I mean, I feel close to her. Really, right now, listen, Sergio died. We never caught the guys that did that. Then Blanc left us. Then we met this girl. And then what happened? Thaddeus dies. And right now, we're working for the same people that killed him. I feel like everyone who's died, everyone who we've lost, I feel like there's been no there's been no catharsis. And I think she feels that too. But right now, I don't feel like catharsis. And the only people I have still are you and her. I feel close to you two. And I don't want to see the same thing happen with either of you. One of you to die or something bad happened to him. And no justice. No satisfaction. I mean, I don't want to sound gross, but I love you too. I I've been gone so long, I can't even remember my name. You two are all I got. I put my hand on his shoulder and I go, uh, you say I need to let her know that, you need to let her know that too. Maybe if she feels like she has a family, that'll give her some security. You're right, you're right. If she's my daughter, then you're her uncle, and she should know that. Hey, David, there's no substitution for just spending time with her. You can tell somebody you love them all you want. There ain't nothing better than showing it. You're so busy... She has to, like, make an appointment to see you. It's a good point. All right, man. Well, I'm going to hit the sack. Good luck with the whole Empire thing. <laughs> Thanks. Don't get us killed, okay? Yeah. If you do, at least get us some vengeance, right? Okay. 
Uh, not that I've tried to get anybody killed, but it, you know, <laughs> you're making it sound like these are things I control. <laughs> I know you're doing your best. I will. Thank you. All right. I go to the nurse. All right. You go to Yumiko. She's sleeping. Yumiko, get up. Yeah. Wake me a cappuccino. I, I kick her bed. She wakes up and she goes. No, I don't kick her she bed. She goes, son of a, who the, oh, Grandmaster. <laughs> and she gets uh, up and she like rubs her eyes and like rubs her hands through her hair. I need your services. Of course. Immediately. My daughter is um, being bothered by some terrible dreams. And she needs to sleep. I need, um, I want to know if it's possible for a potion that would make somebody sleep without dreams. Such a deep sleep that they don't even dream. Sleep without dreams? I got potions to put people to sleep, but without dreams. She uh, needs to rest, but she, without dreaming. Give me some time, and I promise I'll do my best. I'll find something. Please do. The sooner the better. Okay. Um, absolutely. Thanks for trusting me with this task. And don't disappoint me. <laughs> don't disappoint me again. <laughs> do you hide your voice? Do I what? Hide your voice from her, because she, she knows your voice. No, not anymore. Oh. And she's like, she doesn't say nothing, but she's like, of she, you see there's like something going on in her mind. Wait, I, I I perceive that. Yeah, you you see like there's something she's she's thinking about something. Then as I go to the door, I kind of turn back. I mean, I still have my mask on and everything, yeah, yeah. and I just say, um, "Your suspicions are right, but keep them to yourself for now." And like she doesn't know what to say. That's my way of letting her know that I'm seeing more than she thinks I'm seeing. Right, right, right. And I walk out. I don't even wait for a response anyway. Okay. Um, I go to now. I go back to um, is, what's his name? Her boyfriend? Ichiro? Ichiro, I-C-H. I, I go to Ichiro's room, and I better not catch him doing anything. <laughs> They're necking. Oh, no. Dad, Dad, go away. Dad, knock. Dad, I just want you to freaking knock, man. Knew we need locks on these doors. All right, uh, you go in, and, and he's, like, holding her, rubbing her back. He's comforting her. And as soon as he comes in, he, like, uh, takes her off her, and he kind of, like, stands up and bows to you. Dude. And she, like, still sitting down, grabs his arm. Is everything okay? Yeah, uh, Grandmaster, it is. She's like, yeah, everything's okay. Uh, Suka, I want to let you know, I, I have, I'm trying to, I'm having people work on a way so you can get some rest without having to worry about the dreams. I'm trying to see if that's possible. Uh, uh, possibility. That'd be really good. And if you don't mind, I, I want to talk to you for a second alone. And the chair goes, of course. And, and he like walks away. And like, as he goes, he was like, you sure you can't say that in front of him? It'll only be a moment, I promise. Okay. And he leaves. leaves. Um, so I, 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 tru I trust him, Dad. I trust him, too. This isn't about secrecy. I just wanted to talk to you alone. Okay. I sit down next to her, and um, I say, I've been remiss in something. Uh, do you know why I made you my daughter? Because you feel bad for me or somehow responsible for what happened to me? No, not at all. See, I, I'm sorry that I didn't clear this up before. I mean, through all that we went through together, all those adventures and our friends being killed, and it's just me and you coming out at the end of it. And um, So I care about you and your happiness. And that's why I did that, because I want you to be happy because I care, not because I feel bad. Because, trust me, you've known me long enough. I never feel bad. She kind of smiles a little bit. But the one thing I... I feel bad. The one thing I do feel bad about now is I never really gave you an option. 
if you still how you feel about the whole situation. I just assumed that you wanted to get away from the life we were living, but um, if you still wanted to be part of it, and I mean part of the <laughs> part of the party, part of the adventure, the adventurer, you're still welcome to be part of my uh, group, as it were. I just assumed you would have no more interest in that. I'm sorry, but maybe... I'm starting to think maybe if you took part in it, in finding out what's going on and righting some wrongs, it might help you. You know, David, when... Dad, when I ran away, I didn't know what I was going to do. I didn't know what I wanted except to be breathing tomorrow. Um, and I appreciate you saying this to me. I want... What I want now, I... Right now, I want to be with Ichiro. That's all I want right now. Um, and I really, really hope that you figure out why there's weird people with claw hands and uh, people who freeze things and uh, all those other weird guys are coming through and trying to hurt you. I really hope you figure that whole thing out. Um, and I really hope that you take care of the people around me. Um, because as much as I was scared of dying, I love my homeland and I love the people in it. I like being a mate. I like serving people. I guess what I'm saying is I don't know what I want. I never kind of knew what I wanted. So giving me a choice is kind of weird, you know? I don't know what to choose. But I know what I don't want, and I was never the kind of person who wants to go out adventuring. I wasn't the kind of person that wants to go... And kill things, you know. I just, I just want to be with you right now. That's some. I finally know something I want, and that's what I want. I want to be with him. Well, then, let me give you some advice. And clearly, you have my blessing to pursue that. But um, if there's one thing, one lesson we've learned through all this is that people can be taken out of your life as quick as they come into your life. So don't base all your happiness on one person. You have to be you have to be content with yourself or else it's not even a true happiness. Whether you and him get married and grow old together or he disappears tomorrow, you need to find a way to be um content within yourself or else you're not truly happy anyway. So I just am afraid to watch you put all your hopes into just a person that can let you down. You need to find a way to, to get through this. And as far as the other thing goes, I'm not, I, I know you don't want a choice, but I'm giving you a choice. I'm just letting you know everything I do and everything I'm doing, you are welcome into that my world as much as you want to be. And it's not because I feel obligated. It's because we've gone a long road together and I, I care about you and I want you to be part of it, but I'm not going to make you be part of it. You're, you're right. At any point, you could be taken away. I want you to give, give him a new job. I don't want him to go out as a member of the Lim Quay anymore. Make him a maid like me or something where he won't get hurt. That way he won't be taken away. <laughs> you're not listening to me. That's my point. I can never... There's nothing we can do to guarantee that he'll always feel the way you feel but but you'll do it him. won't you you think that'll make him happy 
If you love him so much, then wouldn't you want him to be happy too? We'll talk about it. You two talk about it. I won't do anything. That's what again. I mean. Me and him will talk he'll about it. He'll be happy, Dad. Well, how I do you know? Do, because he'll be happy. Because I'll be happy, and I'll make sure that he's happy. But no, for your own good, I won't do that against his will. Because you need to understand that. That your happiness needs to be based on you, not him. Oh, come on. I think you're pretty used to making people do things against their will. You wouldn't do this uh, for me? Even if he didn't want it? I kind of take her by the hand and I, I say, um, I care about you so much, I won't do this. That doesn't make any sense. Well, think about it for a while. It'll make sense. Hundred years later, I've thought about it. <laughs> Make You're crazy. No sense. You're crazy. Just let you die in that ditch, man. <laughs> all this crap. Stupid Thaddeus gets to die and not deal with all this crap. She goes, well, I'll, I'll talk to him. I'll talk to Hero. You can always okay. try and find a way to bring me back, David. What's that? Nothing. <laughs> bring Thaddeus back as like some right. weird paladin zombie. That would be sweet. Didn't say anything. Bring me a necromancer. But you killed the last one. Behind me another one. Well, as Valerian said, whoever heard of a necromancer that really died? <laughs> you can always bring him back. Okay, I go out and tell. Right. Before she goes, uh, she like gets up behind you, like grabs your arm, and she gives you a hug. Turns you around and gives you a hug. All right. I hug her back. All right. She goes, she goes, make sure you don't die either, okay? I'll do my best. All right. I go back to my room. All right. Achiro's like, like waiting at the side door quietly. And he puts his head down as you pass. Then he goes in the room with her. Okay. By the way, everywhere I go, there's minstrels with me. And they're like, dan, 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 Oh, I thought they'd be more like, and he bravely ran away. He bravely ran away. No, I didn't. <laughs> I go to sleep. It is the morning. Bring me my concubines. <laughs> it's the morning? Unless you have anything to do with yes. the rest of that night. Nope. You don't want to do anything else? Nope. Cool. It's the morning. Cockadoodle frickin' do. Put it um, this way. Let me help you out here. Okay. What do you want to do up to the day when the Marauders come? We will end the session, or at least that's going to be near the end of the session, dealing with the Marauders. Which, by the way, is not like the best term for them, but it's just a, just an identifying term so we all know who we're talking about. It's easier than saying the werewolves and the lichen, the lycanthropes and the vampires. Well, since my minions have been less than useless in finding me Kaiser Soze. I can't do anything on that front. <laughs> hey, they found him once. More than you done. I'm not ready to attack the clockwork factories yet. <laughs> no, we just go to the party. The party isn't happening till after the, the horse. That correct. sucks. I go to town to make sure that everything's happening that's supposed to be happening. I check in on the building of the embassy. Okay. I go see what's happening at the palace, make sure that, because Tassadar seemed a little right. hesitant, so I want to make sure everyone's really trying to get these <laughs> things done. All right, you as a man who has some experience in construction uh, can see that it is underway, and you know that it will take a while. Yeah. It's not something that happens overnight, but it looks like everything is being done to the utmost. There's no half-assery here. I take a private nature hike through, uh, you know, the place where uh, Phoenix and Thaddeus and... David crossed. Be more specific. The like, pools? From, from the forest to the fortress. Yeah, where it's like along the beach. Yeah, I take a private nature hike okay. sometime in between that week. All right, cool. Are you saying we're going to end before we kill the vampires? Yeah. No, I'm saying that's going to be like the last thing we do. The big major thing is handling that entire situation. Gotcha. 
Let's skip to it then. Yeah, if everything else is moving forward, there's really nothing else to do. Ain't nothing else, you sure? Unless I'm missing something. I mean, I'm in town. Nothing's happening, right? Very well. All right. You're at you're at the front where you said you would be. Okay. And, uh, and the people are coming across, and you can tell like the Lin Kuei next to you are like stamping in place. They're like getting nervous. If not nervous, they're like they're preparing themselves. Who's coming across? Uh, the Marauders. We can see them. Yep. They're in the distance coming. Okay, I'm up at the edge, but still in the forest, like just right behind the right. diplomatic. By the way, you were like guided through the forest because there's a lot of things that do not serve the Linque that are in the forest. Yeah, yeah. I look at I look at everyone and I shout back, They're coming, everybody! Oh, I'm just kidding. You do you light one lantern or two? We um, didn't get all dressed up for nothing. That's right. We're all gonna die. Everybody's gotta die sometimes. Oh, no one's right? gonna die. Um, we don't see any, um... No Empire people, huh? No. It's only been like okay. a day. Or four right, days. We're going to have to wreck these guys ourselves. Well, remember Valerian said, until it goes into your territory, he's not going to touch it. Well, once it's in our territory, I'm going to touch it. Up comes, and it's like just a, a sea of people are coming. And eventually, you know, you can see, like, uh, they walk with a little more determination. They have spotted you. And up they come. And there's a guy in the front, and he kind of, like, everybody kind of lays, uh, uh, there's no, like, a ambassador sent forward. There, it's a group. Yeah, yeah. And they stop when they come kind of... Well, of mine's a group, too. It's not just one guy. Right. It's like a little... Within 100 feet of you, I guess, they stop. I, they don't see me. No? Remember the plan. I'm in the woods, like, right, right at the edge. I instructed the diplomat guys we had gotcha. to go out, but if anything, even, like... If, like, if they don't immediately just want... like start I thought you were going to be the diplomat. Or Thorin or somebody, so I don't have to roleplay with myself. I gotcha, I gotcha. I, I, I can be the diplomat if you want, so the Saki is safe. The Saki must never engage in open combat. <laughs> oh, um, that's the last Saki. Exactly. That's why the Saki never engages yeah, in you open know what? combat. <laughs> <laughs> I'm with you. No, we go out. All right. Me, Thorn, and maybe like um, four Lin Kuei. Okay. And I make and sure they know that, that the plan, though, is to fall back. Do you want so intimidating Lin Kuei? Do you want like a tree? And uh, different massive creatures, or no, 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 the regular pajama guys, <laughs> shields basically. All right. Just to make sure give I'm enough yeah. room to get back into the forest. All right, I'm sure I'm in front of David. All right, I come out and you said there's just like a group of them. Yeah, and they're kind of like at a point. So there's like one guy in the front, and he says, um, "Wait, maybe I can roll perception on this. Okay. Do I recognize any of them? <gasps> roll perception. Remember, we spend a lot of time in the sanctuary. Yep." First roll of the day. See some. I've heard the saying oh, that some the best sessions are the sessions where no one has even rolled a die. This has been yeah. the first roll in like three weeks. And while David's rolling, we're playing this. The the theme to the people's court is being played. Twenty. Dun, 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 really? Dun. Yeah. I didn't roll a twenty. That's what it is. David Cohen has a problem trying to protect an empire. The defendant, <laughs> David Cohen. The prosecutor, um, yeah, you read a couple of them. You don't remember their names or anything, but you remember a couple of them you saw them around. Okay, but hey. not the one in the front. No. Okay. The one in front, he, he comes forward, and, he, and he's, uh, he's tall and pale, so you figure he's a vampire, not a lycanthrope. Greetings. Can I help you? Oh, yeah, you can stand aside. I quote from the Patriot, this is the king's highway. I advise <laughs> you men to make way. Yeah. Were they dressed like this? Remember when they're like, <laughs> yes. Yes, yes, we all enjoy good movies. <laughs> Were they dressed anything like this? 
<laughs> well, I'm sorry, kind sir, but we can't do that. As you are at the border of my lands, I'd have to know your intentions before I step aside. The border of your lands, huh? So you're the owner of the property up north? Yes. Well, I guess we've come to the right man. What brings you out coming to meet with us in person? Well, I've heard that uh, you guys were causing tr quite the ruckus on your way here, and I just wanted to see what your intentions were in my lands. He looks behind him, like, left and right. Trouble us? Oh, no. And you hear a couple laughing, like, from people behind him. He goes, we only did what, what was necessary. You see, we are hungry people. You can see it a lot of us. Sure, we killed a farmer and his family or two, but we took only what we needed. When we were hungry, we went after animals first. But some of us have uh, unique diets, one might say. We only kill who we have to. So you ran out of, you ran out of food back at Sanctuary, huh? Interesting. But no, we didn't run out of food. We come here on a very specific task. Which is? I believe that's our business. We wish not to make any trouble with you or anyone in your land. Just let us on through. Grant us some passage. Well, then it becomes my business. Oh, do you get the business every traveler comes to your land? We've got good coin. We'll be sure to bring a booming business over to your people. We'll buy food instead of killing for it. Don't worry about that. There's not a lot of places to buy food out here in the wilderness. You got what you have to get. We mean you no harm. If... If you refuse to state your business, then you will not pass. We're just looking for somebody. Who? Why, you got to get know all the specifics. You get this from everyone that comes into your town. Anyone that comes through my lands, I know whatever it is I want to know. Oh. Well, all I know right now is my business is my business, and a couple hundred of their business is their business, and like five of your business is your business. <laughs> <laughs> that was that was cute. Well, if you don't wish to share, then take your friends and go around. Don't step foot in the north. Last warning. Why you gotta bring this to violence and warnings? We wish to be normal people, spend a normal coin. You gotta make this into trouble. While they're talking, can I use detect magic without anyone knowing? Yeah. I mean, they, I, unless it's a supernatural ability, they'll, they'll, they'll know you're casting a spell. And never mind. Listen, I know what you're thinking. Reputations, vampires, and lycanthropes aren't very good right now, but they're prejudices. So we have to kill a guy or two to get through life. Listen, we've <laughs> been living in Sanctuary, which apparently you're a little familiar with, for a long time without having to kill anybody. We got... Packets of blood keep us sustained. It's the regular meat, the stuff everybody needs that we had to kill for. If you selling food in the north, ain't nobody got to die no way. I don't got interest in shedding any more blood than you do. Well, then I shouldn't say that because apparently you're interested in shedding blood with these threats. These aren't I'm threats. no more wanting to kill people than them farmers were. Now, all of a sudden, I'm getting, like, from the city. I don't know what happened to my accent. Forget about it. <laughs> just forget about it. We just want to come through. Just a couple of people with coin looking for some answers to some questions. Well, I can 
I, I can't say it enough. Unless you're willing to tell me what those questions are, you're not going to pass. I'm a reasonable guy. Now I'm a fake Italian. We're all reasonable. We just want to know answer to a simple question. The night's a big time for us. You know, as you can tell from what you're aligning against us, your prejudices come out in front of you. Everybody's prejudices against us. Widely known. People hunt us down just for existing. You know what that's like? No, you don't. Just because we're who we are, people want to kill us. So nighttime is when we can go out without being harassed by the civilized in society. Lycanthropes here. Most of us, most of them, can control when they transform. Some people gotta wait for the full moon. <laughs> I see where you're going with this. Not too long ago, we lost a full moon. We lost it for a long time. He points to the sky where you see there's the rings have formed, and he goes, Nighttime's a little darker. We're just looking to see who screwed us all over. And we just want a word with this guy. Please let us through. We just want to talk. It'd be like if I went into your land, if I took a couple of foxes, tied torches to their tails, and let them go out in your fields, you would have said, hey, some of our lifestyles have been changed a little bit. We're a bit hungry. Yeah. Some kind of major change in the economic situation just occurred. And you'd be a little wondering who set them foxes on fire. We just wondering who changed all of our lives. That would be, his name would be Samson. And yeah. um, your issue so let, would be with the Philistines. Yeah. Let me get this straight. You see that some a man or something was able to blow the moon out of the sky and you want to have words with this man is that what you're saying you're what i'm saying hey i ain't saying i want to kill the guy which you're implying why do you think you could well i think <laughs> one man couldn't i think two men couldn't i think 20 men couldn't i think 100 men couldn't i think a couple hundred he might have to listen he might have to talk now you know our business our business will be good for your people and it's good for my people. I think we're all happy. We're all happy here, guys, right? And they're like, they're all laughing. They let us through. I raise my, I kind of raise my hand back to the woods, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. And I'm like this. I'm kind of like gesturing for, you know, I have like the one set of force right there to like show themselves. Okay, they do. So they step out and I assume it's a lot of guys. Sure. Whatever you want. You tell me what it looks row. like. Yeah, I kind of, I go like this. Because remember, I have like layers of forces you, falling all the way back. You them forward. So that they show themselves. And all I'm right. assuming it's about, let's say, 100 guys. Okay. And then I look back and I go, well, they're, they're not happy. I just wanted to know it's not like right. 200 to right, 4. Right. <laughs> not happy. Everyone's happy or not happy. I think they'd be happy little coin in their purse. You make it like it's an act of war. Ain't what this is. You making it like that. Look, me ain't got no weapons. See, he's here trying to point guns at you? Coming out saying, hey, look, we got these guys you didn't know about. We're being pretty upfront and honest, I think. All right. Here's what I'm going to do. Because you seem like a nice enough guy. And I kind of like you. And because one of my very best friends in the world was a vampire, um, 
I don't think I'm as prejudiced as you think I am. So I'm just going to give you this last piece of advice. And you're just going to have to trust me on this one. The man who destroyed the moon is dead because I killed him myself. And you are on the borders of my lands making people nervous, whether it's justified or not. You have no business here. What you need to do is turn around and go back to sanctuary. And that's the end of this conversation. If you keep coming forward, you will all die today. I want to roll Intimidate, too. Let them know I'm not kidding. <laughs> oh, snap. Roll your Intimidate. 19. Okay. Maybe you and I have a conversation private. In private? Yeah. Off the side, in between our two forces, whatever parlay you want to do. You dictate the terms. I say, okay, you come, come here. And I, but I walk like back, so like the empty space right. between me and my people. As long as it's just me and you. I mean, you can have your guys. I just want the voices between us. It's just me and you. Because there's going to be space between us and the lines. Yes. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So we're right in the middle where right. no one could really hear Those us. You boys, you all stay back here, okay? No matter what happens to me, you stay back. Yeah, he walks up. So it's you and uh, Thorn. If he's allowing that, sure. Yeah, I guess I'll allow you one. Okay. Listen, I, 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 I believe you're not, right? If you tell him the truth, what are we going to do about it? Here's the deal. I take it you can't fix the moon. <laughs> yes. No, I cannot fix the moon. Can you tell me why the moon died? In short, there was a crazy man trying to build a machine to blow up the world. And it blew up it, the world next up the to world, our world. It blew up the moon. Yeah. Exactly. Okay, uh, listen here. Um, we ain't going back to sanctuary. There ain't okay. no sanctuary left. We're, we're a bit conspicuous. Sanctuary was a hidden place, which apparently, if you knew about it, not so hidden anymore. When we came out, we made the conscious decision to leave that an uh, anonymity behind. We don't got a home. You make us turn around... We cleared out a lot of the food along here. You understand what I'm saying? There's not a lot of wildlife back between here and Sanctuary. There's not a lot of places that ain't going to take us. We go to Tanlu to kill us all. To kill all of us. We're going to have to war. And you know what? I don't know if you believe me or not, but we don't want a war. Hey, we'll lose. Because freaking Empire is big as all get out. We need a place to stay. We need a new Sanctuary. And this sanctuary ain't going to be quiet no more. We understand that. We made that decision when we came out. If you tell us to turn around, you're telling us to die. <laughs> and I'm telling... It's not a threat. I'm just letting you know what's happening here. Our choices are go back and face an enemy we know can beat us. Or try Ew. to push the Empire. Ah. Or try to push forward to an enemy we don't know if we can beat or not. So we might as well try. And we're closer right. to you anyway. Or any I'm not other... telling you this is what we want to do. I'm trying to say you're going to put us in a position. That's what we got to do. Well, then I got double bad news for you. Number one, I don't think you could beat us. Number two, uh, unfortunately for you, uh, coming here is not going to keep you safe from the Empire. Let's just leave it at that. If you want to get out of the reach of the Empire, this is not where you want to be. Well, in case you haven't noticed, there's not a lot of places left where you can get out of the reach of the Empire. Yeah. That's kind of the point, isn't it? Now you... But this is your land, you say? Yes. You got some sway. <laughs> Not that kind of sway. Listen, refugees... I got clockwork sway. Consider us refugees. If 
we were to give you asylum, what guarantees would we have for the safety of our own citizens? I mean, we'll be thankful. Thankful people don't tend to bite the hand that feeds them because then it stops feeding them. I can't tell you there's not a bad apple in our group, right? I mean, anybody. I'm sure there's people in your the place where you live. I bet you have jails because I bet there's people that do bad things. I can't guarantee people aren't going to be people. I can't do that. I can't tell you that. That would be lying to you. I respect you too much for that. But I can tell you the majority of these people are good people. And we're going to be thankful for a place to stay, beds to sleep on. Listen, imagine what could happen to you. you got a couple hundred people as a workforce. We're going to need houses. We're going to be building stuff. There's a lot of people here that know a lot of different things. I bet we can kind of fluff out what you know there. What are people good at? Making silk or something? I don't know. We can do a lot of That's stuff. That's racist. Shut <laughs> <Kill> up. <laughs> I'm telling you, it's a bigger workforce, more money in. It's what the Empire doesn't see. They could see if they let us join for five seconds. It'd be a help. Listen, we've lived in sanctuary without killing people. We know how to satiate our thirst. We know how to control things. There ain't no moon making our uh, inflicted lycanthropes changing uh, unintentionally now. I mean, just, they got control over these. They got control over their faculties now. Kind of a help, kind of a bad thing, but, you know, you take it in hand in hand. Just saying, have mercy. They're people. They're people, too. Not so I, different. I whisper into David's ear, a one-day truce could not hurt while we sit to think on the issue. They could be powerful allies. Here's what we'll do. Encamp here, right here at the border, and food will be brought to you. Show us you can be good boys and girls for a couple of days, and let me think on it. Food will be brought to you, so you don't have to go hunting, and let's see if you can really behave yourself. But for now, I'm not going to let you pass my border. For now. I think that's agreeable. I appreciate it, and my men will appreciate it. And understand this. Your bad apple excuse is not going to fly. If one of your people comes across and does anything, this is over. You're not going to be able to say it was just him on his own. Find a way to control your people. If you can't control them, then this won't be a deal anyway. You're not allowed to have a bad apple. I so find your bad apples then. Get rid of them. Okay. My name is Phelan. Put this hand out. Oroku. Nice to meet you, Oroku. I put right. his hand in front of Thorn. Oh, okay. <laughs> I mean, he puts his hand in front of Thorin. Yeah, he did David and then you. Oh, I smile and I shake his hand and then I give a low bow. Okay. Got a name? Thorin. Nice to meet you, Thorin. I'm Faye. King under the mountain. <laughs> Every time. That never gets old, too. I appreciate it. I let my people know this, this peace that we've come up between us. Okay. We'll see how it goes. I want to be clear. I know like I'm talking for them. We don't look to have like a structure system, okay? So it's not like I'm in charge and there's five guys beneath me and all that. I understand. They just kind of sent me forward. But find a way. Work right. it out. You tell me you can live in peace, then show me how that's going to work. All right. Cool. Love it. Ten out of ten would do again. All right. And he goes back to his side and you go back to yours. What do you do? I go into the woods and I bring... And you say, kill them all. <laughs> I, I bring the lieutenant and I say... Everyone hold their position. You don't back down for a second. If anybody even steps a foot in here, just kill them all. Kill them. Even, kill them all without hesitation. And then I 
call over like the diplomats I had there, and yeah. I said, as long as they're there and minding their manners, have some, have enough um, livestock or whatever brought so that they can uh, eat. Make sure that they have what they need. All right. They all agree. If they can't keep it at their people in line, then it doesn't matter. The Empire's going to be here in like two days and kill them all anyway, so it won't even matter. But anyway, I don't tell them that part. But <laughs> <laughs> I do say, I, they, they, I, I was very clear with that guy. There's going to be no excuses. If any of them come across, it's on. They need to be able to police themselves. If they can't police themselves, then we can't ally with them anyway. All right. All right. That's it. And I leave. All right. What do you guys do now? How many days till the party? A week. We will be not be skipping a week. No. I'm trying to think. What else I want to do? I don't know, Tharm. What do you want to do? You're not Thaddeus yeah. anymore, so don't tell me I can't kill all those people. Because I, I can. <laughs> I can and I will. I would never dream of obstructing you, Oroku. I do believe my... The, but it's like, you advice... know, I know a dragon that could just, like, burn them all from the sky if you want. <laughs> I... The advice I gave in the in the central room and the advice that I gave you here on the field stands. They could be very powerful allies. Man, he's got a one-track mind with that, right? He does. He just, like, wants to have Valerian. Uh, you just, like, are obsessed about having Valerian as an enemy that we have to work. No, <laughs> no. Valerian doesn't have to be our enemy. I can't stress it enough. They're, they're not great allies. Clockwork would swing through them like a knife through butter. We don't really. I'm not focused against the clockwork, though. Uh, uh. I'm saying against any enemy. Right, but they eat people as their main diet. We I know. He, I know he was pulling on your heartstrings with that whole prejudice stuff. But trust me, I used to roll with one of these dudes. They're scumbags. I'm. <laughs> they like rip people's hearts out. We're not even thinking about it. The, they're just awful people. You can't trust them. I mean, yeah, there are a few. Good my favorite part was my best friend was black. I love that. That was the best part. <laughs> oh yeah, my friend is Phoenix. My buddy. My best I'm friend only, was black. I'm only saying that to even torture him in death. That's why I said he was my best friend. <laughs> you didn't catch that? I, I caught it. I love I'm trying thing. to upset his ghost, Steven. <laughs> You're my best friend, Phoenix. You go to bed and there's ben, like an ethereal there's an ethereal axe and tower shield like bedded into your bed. No, I had a picture of him made and every night before that I'm like, Mwah! <laughs> love you. Yeah, where you realize right, to him thinking of you. Wish you were here. Werewolves and vampires, you know, they're so, they're communists, they're capitalists, they're they're awful people. They're they're the ones controlling the banks, and then right, they're, they're the communists. I don't even know why I was being that gracious. Because as a ruler, maybe we should just kill them. I would certainly caution against that, Greater Roku. <laughs> I'll do it for my friend Thaddeus. That's what he would want me to do: slaughter them all in cold <laughs> blood while they sleep. And put their heads on posts in front of the forest to let everybody know what's up. Such an option is appealing, actually. Oh, I need to go check in on whoever's handling the whole plague situation. The DACA. Doctor. Go to him. He I looks harried and without sleep. So he's coming, he's like, are the men here? Are they here? Who? The people from the Empire that we were promised. Uh, yeah, they're coming. I've arranged for that. They're going to come and intercede. Could use them now. Could use them now. Well, if you want to call Valerian and tell him he's not moving fast enough, feel free. Listen, this is just very hard work. How's the quarantine holding up? Um, okay, not perfect. And what we need is perfect. 
there's there's a misconception that went around in, and I don't know who started this, but that if you're around other plague people, you die quicker. And if you can get away, that maybe it'll go away. Not true, but everyone believes it now. So they're trying to Ooh, get by away. by the way, I forgot. We forgot all about this. Remember, the guys have still been making it the whole time we were gone. Making... Remember, we were making the potion just very slowly. Yeah, like three days worth. So it was like eight or six a day. So, so me and... Yeah, but just meaning me and Tharn, of course, are we wouldn't go into areas unless we were... Okay, yeah, sure. Potion. So we were um, potion. And those last for like a week anyway, right? Yeah. And we're also potioning any like essential right, staff right. that is... You know, we're, we're, my point is I'm not just waiting for the Empire. You've been proportioning the thing to only those you deem worthy. Right, just by priority. Whoever is in the most contact is, is safe. Uh, go ahead, Dom. Would the doctor know about lycanthropy or vampirism? I ask him. I do. I do then. Doctor, what do you know about lycanthropy and vampirism? Let me roll a knowledge check. Not a lot. No. Um, <laughs> he goes, lycanthropy and vampirism? Gosh, worse, almost as bad as the stinking plague. I agree. My, my, <laughs> my question is, can people with lycanthropy or vampirism, do you think they're susceptible to the plague? That's an interesting question. Look, we uh, really know. I mean, I'm sure you ask the Empire, they might know. They might have details. Now I'm talking like the guy again. They might have details. Um, uh, I don't know myself. Um, but I can tell you that it makes them immune to a lot of diseases. If you're a vampire, you can't contract lycanthropy. And you there's a, like you almost never see a sick le- a werewolf or vampire. They there- can't get it. I know they can't get it. Uh, how do you know? Are you questioning a Rokusaki? Uh, no, of course not. <laughs> In my past travels, I was with a party member who contracted not this plague, but a plague. And that was one of the cures that was offered, was turning him into a vampire, apparently would have cured him of it. If you guys are suggesting making everybody vampires no, so no, that we no, get no, through no, this I, thing, I'm going to have to disagree. I'm not. No, I, I, I mean, you could do it, but I will not take part of it. It makes I, me think I, that they're immune to it. I, I take a look around. I see I, one. I'm looking if there's any other like staff nearby that could overhear the conversation. No. We just so happen to have a have a conglomerate of vampires and lycanthropes sitting on our southern border. Oh, and do you want to try to infect them? No, no. Yeah, what are you thinking, dude? <laughs> Where are you going with this? Ensure the quarantine. They can't get infected, so anyone who is infected, they can ensure that they are quarantined. Oh, use them. You're saying as put them to work. If they want to, if they want a place in our society, put them to work. I don't want them to have a place in our society. <laughs> so no, it's What's a bad that? move. You're letting the you're, you're you're letting the devil in the door, man. I didn't say we empty out their camp and bring them all in. I'm saying we use we use them. So you've seen like more than one. Yeah, the problem I with see. vampires, he can make a hundred vampires in one night. All he's got to do is sneak around and bite everybody. And now we got a hundred vampires. Sorry, man. The prejudice there is prejudice, but it's it's justified. They are a dangerous thing. Why are we talking about vampires? I don't know. The cons way outweigh the pros. Is there a werewolf around? Not that I know of. Why you want one? No, it's just that um, that's something to know. Why? Why? Well, Why you guys coming to me asking about lycanthropes. I would like to know if one's around, so I don't, like, die. Like I said, there's a conglomerate on our southern border. You're a doctor walking in the middle of a plague, and you're worried about a werewolf as a way to die? (laughs) Apparently I'm immune to the plague. I'm pretty sure I'm not immune to vampirism. Well, maybe you are a vampire. Why are you immune to the plague? 
I don't know. Some people are. Some people aren't. Who else is immune? Uh, I don't know. I don't. I don't know. Just you. I don't know. I'm sure there's others. Maybe like one of those one in a thousand things. But then that's very fortuitous of us to have the one in a thousand doctor who's immune to the plague. I too feel very fortuitous. All right, we'll keep up the work. I assure you, you're safe from lycanthropes. That's good to know. He goes, um, I, now that I've got you, Oroku, I, I made something for you. Okay. This potion will actually last double. It'll last two weeks. You made this potion? I did. And with, what is it? Do? With, help, it do? with help from the wizard and my knowledge of alchemy. Together, we'll make one that lasted. It was very difficult to make. You can't make a bunch. But I said we should make at least one for you. That's thoughtful. Like but I just drank before. a potion, so I'm, a, I'm good for a week from now. Oh, well, then in a week you should drink this. You look concerned. Now I do want to roll sense motive. <laughs> do it. I find this curious. It's a little too convenient for me. And obviously I've been through a lot. My paranoia. Oh, I roll that. Tell me what your bonus is. Uh, 37. It's only... It's two. So you better roll good. You think he's feeding you a bunch of bull. Really? What just happened? I, I have to tell you just because it happened. I rolled a 20. Okay. The the doctor sort of just out of the blue said, "Oh, by the way, I made this potion that will keep the plague off you for 2 weeks." And I found that a little bit just just starting to align a little bit of a uh, curiosity cuz I if you remember, he seemed like before like he didn't know how to make that potion, remember? Yeah. And all of a sudden we had to go buy it so that we he wasn't like, "Oh, if you bring me this and this and this, I can make potions to Resist, right? Didn't he tell us we had to go get it from the Empire? Yeah. And then all of a sudden he, like, can make a potion? All right, just for the sake of time, I repeat that to him. All right. I find that curious. All of a sudden, I don't have to go to the Empire. All of a sudden, you can make potions to resist one before you told me you couldn't. He uh, looks nervous, and he says, Oroku, your word cannot be questioned. Um, but I assure you, this is... I told you I could not make I could not make potions of resisting, and this is true. The wizard certainly can. We reason we had to get you get uh, no you get more just potions said from the you south. Did, you just That's said you. I said with the assistance of the wizard. He did say that, and with his assistance and my knowledge of alchemy, I can make other potions. That's why I'm a doctor. You were able to make a hybrid thing, and I was—I have a stuff that, if you really want to know, I have a stuff that. I makes stop it... a mid-sentence and I shove the thing in his face. I'm like, drink it. <laughs> drink goes, it. Uh, you sure you want to waste this on me? I pull the gun out and I put it right in between his eyes. Drink it. He takes the cork off and he drinks it. And he drinks it. He goes, I did, I, there, I drank it. <laughs> I put the gun back in the holster and, go, and I pat him on the cheek. And I'm like, I'm going to sleep better tonight knowing that you're safe. <laughs> <laughs> you can tell just like from how exhausted he is, this whole situation. He's just like overloading him. He doesn't even know anything. Like, uh, he couldn't handle the situation if he wasn't exhausted. Right. <laughs> no change, huh? Nothing happened when he drank it? Uh, no, you don't see anything happen. Okay. Then I'm just like, okay, have a nice day. <laughs> I leave. <laughs> have a nice day, Grandmaster. 
uh, as we're walking, I go to throw out. Go, man, that was weird. I usually, I, I thought I was onto something there. Maybe that really was just a potion. <laughs> so he's just gonna turn into a skeleton. <laughs> Maybe I'm getting paranoid. What do you I, think? I hope not, Oroku. You hope not what? That you are becoming paranoid. Well, I'm definitely becoming paranoid. I just put a gun in the doctor's face because he tried to give me a potion. So now I'm starting to second guess myself. Maybe he, maybe I got this all wrong. Just do not attempt to blow up the planet, and I believe we will be fine. Hey, for the record, I didn't create that situation, all right? I didn't blow up the moon. <clears throat> Roku Saka is the one making crazy rule-the-world James Bond machines, not me. Indeed. What's the James but you, Bond? you are Oroku Saki. You are the Dread Pirate Roberts. Well, I think that's a good place to end. Yeah. Next up. By giving you a couple actual days to think about it, it'll imitate what you would think about in-game, trying to deal with the situation. And we'll pick up uh, on trying to deal with the situation next week. Trailblazers is part of the Trailblazer Network. For other great Pathfinder podcasts, visit our website, tblazer.net. Want to get in touch? You can email us at tblazernetwork at gmail.com or follow us on Twitter at tblazernetwork. Your players have been David and Dom, and Caleb has been your GM. I've been Nicholas Laborde. Thanks for listening. I find your lack of faith disturbing. Enough of this. Vader, release him. As you wish. Prepare for unforeseen consequences.